And now, introducing the man who's been attempting to recreate the feeling from Sunday night any way he can, including purposefully running behind in the morning to find the same thrill which, while it has fallen short, his child has been thankful because it's caused him to miss first period two days in a row. After seeing John Means' double in last night's game, he's began petitioning the club to allow him to go head-to-head -head against Shohei Otani in 2022 to show the baseball world that, quote, it isn't really that impressive in the first place, unquote. He is Glenn Clark. Good morning. It is Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. Kyle Ottenheimer has returned, and we've got much to do on a Tuesday edition of the program. Uh, we will try to move on from the reveling that we had yesterday. By the way, the hell of a day to not be here, uh, for what it's worth. Maybe I'm Jeez. to thank. Is you think that's what it is? Yeah. Uh, Every time I, I have not know. been here on a Monday morning, we're going to beat the Chiefs. You think this is really the only Monday morning you've ever missed? Every time I've been here, the day after the Ravens played the Chiefs, every time I haven't been here, uh -huh. the day after the Ravens played the Chiefs, on a Sunday night, and it was a Monday morning, right. the Ravens won. You might be right about that. You might very well be right about that. Um, we will we will shift from reveling and start uh, looking forward and, and discussing some other things about this team as they move ahead um, now one and one on the season. Uh, some of my best friends are going to join us on today's program. Kevin Van Valkenburg and I were tweeting back and forth yesterday, and I finally said, what the hell are we doing here? Why wouldn't we just do this on the show? So we're going to do it on the show. Um, we were agreeing, and I... I'm probably going to end up writing my column about it. I'm I I didn't I I referenced it yesterday, but I think one of the um, the players that uh, was going to call in called in right as I was getting into it. Um, and and I'm not I guess I'm not all that surprised by the way people took it. I sent out a tweet yesterday saying we're giving too much credit to John Harbaugh, and it's not about as I said when we were doing pats on the ass yesterday. It's not because John Harbaugh doesn't deserve credit. The credit that he deserves is for having this team ready and. And and getting them to be able to believe in Clearly their ability to win with the team, all of that. Yeah, he deserves credit for those things. He, it's like when somebody um, says, "I went to work today." You don't deserve credit for that. That's what you have to do. You don't deserve credit for going for it on fourth and one at the end of the game when it was the only choice you could make. The only difference would when be when every statistic says it is wildly a better choice for you than punting the ball away here. You don't get credit for that. The only parallel would be is in, in your not going to work or going to work kind of example here is that it would be similar to them having everybody else having the opinion or a large percentage of other people having the opinion that you shouldn't go to work. You, those people deserve scorn. You don't no deserve doubt. praise. That, that's not what I'm saying. That's not that, what I'm, not, that, I'm not it's, saying it's that, you credit them for going to work. It's more so everyone else is worthy of criticism for thinking that's the that point. you should The point is we are so back-asswards in our thinking that we feel as though we have to praise John Harbaugh. No, this is the way that, like, you, with a brain, you should be operating. Well, David, now somebody David might Mills say, is on the other side. Well, or, by the way, even Jared Goff last night. Like, somebody would say, well, well, you saw what happened when the Lions went for it on fourth and one. I still think they made the right decision to go for it. I have no or, idea. Or they, I have there. no clue <laughs> what the thought process was on let's throw it outside the numbers on fourth and one. You love like, to have I, to have make a perfect throw, you know? I, I mean, my God, I can't tell you about that play call. In the same way that I said... As somebody who was mad about it yesterday was like, yeah, well, if it had failed, you would have criticized him. Like, no, you, you clearly just don't listen to the show because a week ago in the same – not the same situation, but in a similar situation, 
when uh, Ron and Owings Mills was like, I disagreed with them going for it on fourth down. I said that you're not going to get me to disagree with that. No world are you going to get me to disagree with that. Now, again, I didn't love the play call a week ago when they started five yards in the backfield. I didn't care for it whatsoever. But there is zero chance I'm going to criticize that because it's the right decision. And this is why we need to evolve as thinkers because this isn't something that someone should be getting credit for. It's something that others who don't get it should be getting scorn for. So we had this whole back and forth Kevin and I did, and he agrees with me, of course, because, you know, I'm the smartest person in the world, and so... Of course he would agree with me, and so now we're going to come on and agree for a few minutes, and that's my favorite thing to do is is find another smart person and let the smart person tell me why I'm right. I love that. That makes me feel very good about myself. So we'll do a very egotistical segment uh, coming up here in a few minutes as Kevin Van Valkenburg is going to join us. Uh, Aditi Kinkawala, a longtime friend of ours, um, someone who used to come on my old show and wax poetically about butterflies and why Eli Manning was a goober. Oh, that broadcast's pretty fun. What's that? I tuned into the I, uh, Manning. I, I Manning. I, the problem is, I Grant didn't really have much to I'm, offer. I'm but. too interested in the game. I'm just too interested in the game to be watching the other. But that's kind of, frankly, I think it's more. I learn more about football watching they don't that know who broadcast. The, they don't know who the players are. Like I've I've watched enough clips of it. They they don't know not, who the players I'm are. Not I can't looking watch for them. specific analysis of the players necessarily. So much as it's no, interesting I, as a football fan that, to see was, the game I, through I, their I eyes. I understand what you're saying. And if I didn't care about the game, I probably would watch it. But I care about the game, and I want to know who's playing for the Ravens. Are about to play the Lions. I want to know who's playing for the Lions. Yeah, they got Matt Patricia. No, they don't. <laughs> They, they don't at all. He's playing. No, he's not he even coaching. He got fired as coach, but he's playing. Oh, that's weird. That's a very strange yeah. decision that they made in order to do he's that. He's their top receiver. I don't doubt that it's fun. I don't doubt that, that, doubt that it's informative, but it's not good as a broadcast because they don't, they're not studying for a broadcast of the game. They're not learning about these players. They're not learning their stories. They're not doing those things. They're doing something else. And I don't doubt that it's quite entertaining for the people that are tuning in and watching it. If you care about the game, it's just not it, – it, you can't get that from that. So I haven't – it's not for me, but it's clearly for a lot of people, and that's cool. And I'm all for new interesting ideas and fascinating stuff, and it certainly makes you know, sense. You Brett Favre was on last night. I can understand why you're watching with your pants off now. I he didn't watch the first that. half. Openly admitted that. <laughs> I get that. I get it. I get it. Well, first of all, why would he care? Well, why would he playing. care? Do you think that he cares about the Packers? I don't know if you remember. They cast him off. For a decent They cast him aside. Yeah, for an okay one. They still cast him off, Chief. Are you saying he's like, a Jets They still fan? say, go get bent. He's a lifelong Jets oh, fan he's definitely now. a big, <laughs> get, big Jets guy. Big Jets guy. Aditi Kinkabwala from the NFL Network will talk some Ravens. She also has a new podcast that she'll tell us all about. Um, we're going to check in with uh, Bruce Feldman from the Athletic uh, College Football Reporter. So we'll get to a little bit of Terp stuff in there with him. But he also wrote a bit about Adafi Owe and his big breakout. You know, he was a college football player last year. Nailed it. Brilliant. God, you're not. Yeah. This is why they call him the best color analyst Correct. in baseball. This is the reason. You could be on that Manning broadcast. You could. You should be the third Manning brother. I am. Uh, oh, well, the fourth. Really strange that they didn't bother to tell you that ahead of time. Oh. Uh, and Dave Hutzel is the PJ Golf Pro at Pine Ridge Golf Course. He is going to join us this morning as well and preview the Ryder Cup which uh, is happening this weekend. So, by the way, Van Valkenburg is getting married this weekend. 
Seems like a bad weekend for him. To it get seems married, very weird, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah, right. Like he actually cares about this. It's stuff. gonna be awkward when it ends after. I'm pretty Saturday sure this is the last <laughs> golf thing that matters all weekend. Like I'm pretty sure this is or all, all year. year. I think you meant. Yeah, this yeah. is the last golf thing that matters all year. Like, whatever. I'm not gonna. It's his life. It's his life. Don't know what to make of that. All right. Congrats uh, to him though. Yeah, I'm very happy. I love yeah. the guy. But um, you just, didn't get the invite. What's in Montana? You didn't get the invite? I, I, he didn't ask if I wanted to fly out to Montana for the wedding. No. You're normally there this time of year. Yeah, that's a good point. I do yeah. spend a lot of time in Montana. This you and Kanye. Um, yeah. Oh, that's right. He did. Yeah. He did get like a, a sprawling ranch out in Montana. Uh, I remember Kevin at my wedding um, coming up to me at one point. And that was the last thing you remember. It's I, That's not a joke. That's about what I was about to say. Like, I remember him coming up to me and like giving me a hug. And then it all kind of goes away after that point. Like, it all just sort of disappears from that point. I also remember that um, my I, I, am, I am friends with my high school math teacher, Mr. Radcliffe, yeah, of course. Yeah. Love Mr. Radcliffe. And Mr. Radcliffe, I think, might have been fanboying a little bit around Kevin Van Valkenburg at the wedding. I think there might have been a little bit of that going on, which is kind of a weird bit, but whatever, man. Like, I, it's a wedding. Everybody's drunk. Who cares? All right. Um, so a couple things. One, tonight's the night. We're going to be at Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold with Tyus Bowser. You've, you've heard of him. He's a football player. Five tackles the other night. Tyus Bowser is going to be at Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold. And I'm not trying to say that this is the only time you'll ever be able to meet like Ravens player down at, in Arnold, but I don't think there are going to be plentiful opportunities for doing such a thing. I don't think that there's going to be one of these chances every week or every month or every other month, frankly. This is a part of town that typically events like this don't happen in. You're going to want to be there. Tyus Bowser, special guest Anthony Levine Sr., co-cap, is going to join him tonight, Super Bowl champion. We're going to have a great time at Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold starting at 7 o'clock. You have questions. Pressboxonline.com slash Bowser has answers. But what you need to know is you're going to be able to meet Tyus. You're going to be able to meet Anthony Levine. We're going to be able to get you pictures you're not going to be able to um, like do tongue kisses. We're not going to do that type of stuff well, because you we're going to with some like fans. No, well, yeah. I mean, if you want, eh, still, Might. still proof no, of vaccination. I understand that, but I'm still going to be around the guys. I'm going to say no to the tongue kisses for now. Not saying forever. Well, you could set up a date just for, like, for now. The next yeah, if you want to talk about it at another right. point, we can we can yeah, have yeah. that conversation. But I'm just saying no for tonight. Cool. No tongue kisses. Involved. Eskimo kisses, maybe. Eskimo kisses always. In fact, yeah. it's one of my preferred ways of saying hello. Eskimo kisses, I'm all on board with. But we're going to do it safely. We're going to do it smart. We're not going to be the ones that cause an outbreak that derail what we're in a season that we're now excited about again. Tonight, Tyus Bowser, Anthony Levine Sr. for the Tyus Bowser Show, 7 o'clock, Mother's Peninsula Grill and Arnold. You can get an audit. We're not... We're not doing 10 autograph items. We're not doing, if you're someone who's a, a collector that you want to go sell these, sorry, it's just not going to be for you. But one autograph is fine. We're going to do one autograph and a picture per person. You want to meet Tyus Bowser and Anthony Levine Sr.? You're going to be able to tonight at Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold. Pressboxonline.com slash Bowser to find out more. It's all brought to you by Great Eights Memorabilia as well as Pressbox and Express Exterior Design. We will see you out there tonight. Really looking forward to it. A uh, couple of things. 
in all the conversation yesterday, obviously everything was about Ravens. We never really did a quick picks recap, so I just want to go over it very shortly. Thank God I took the Raiders. Uh, it was not a great weekend for anybody except Ken Zalas was the only one who went was over 500 for the weekend. Right. And so everybody else... Did. Just got to be faster than the slowest guy, you know? That's a great point. That's a great point. Uh, Maryland, Illinois... Should have known. Should have known that this is what a Friday night 9 o'clock game in Champaign, Illinois was going to look like. That there were going to be goofy moments where Illinois was going to fumble the football forward for 30-yard touchdown scampers from there. We should have just known that that's where the, those were the silly things that were going to occur during the course of this game. I'm, I was Great. a little drunk by then, unfortunately. Okay, so you missed some of this. It was an insane, stupid game, I and mean, it was just a stupid... Maryland was rolling, was ready to go up by a lot. Unfortunately, there was a fumble at about the five-yard line that, that turned the tide, then this goofy fumble. And, it, and Illinois had a long completion like a 20-yard completion to the Maryland 35. Then the receiver fumbled the ball. It rolled five yards forward to another of their receivers who picked it up and ran it in for Just a Just so they draw it up. It's exactly what they had in the huddle. They went yeah. over it that way. Um, it was just a goofy-ass game. But great credit to Maryland because every Maryland team I've ever known loses this game, but easily loses this game. Even the, 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 the Orange Bowl team? Maybe not the Orange Bowl team, but that's about that's about the list. I mean, this is these Friday night. This is a Maryland team that lost on a Friday night at Northern Illinois. Maybe it was a Thursday night. Oh God, I was there for that game um, when they were power, good. Though. When they were good, a good Maryland team went and lost to Northern Illinois. Everyone loses in Northern Illinois. It was a uh, it was a PJ Fleck team, by the way. Um, but the reality is, is Kenny Galladay there. No, no, way before Kenny Galladay. Was that uh, Darren Wolf? No, Garrett Wolf, I believe, is who you're thinking of. I don't remember if it was Garrett Wolf or Michael Turner, actually. I don't remember which one of them was the running back now looking back on it, but I think it was Garrett Wolf. Um, The moral of the story is that Maryland won. They just didn't win by 7.5, so the point goes to Stecka and KZ. None of us thought that Florida was going to compete with Alabama. Boy, we're big-time wrong there. It looked like it might get to where we thought it was going to be for a second, and then yep, Florida um, kept no question. back. They hang in there. They end up losing 31-29, so we all miss on that one. Uh, only myself and Ken Zalas saw Penn State covering against Auburn. I just don't think Auburn's that good. I know Bo Nix has been there for about 100 years at this point, but Auburn's just not that good. I'm not sure that Penn State's really that good either, but I just don't think that Auburn was that good. It seemed like the type of game where they snuck him into the top 25 in order to like help Didn't hype. Auburn almost get back and cover? It was close a couple times um, there. They got the ball back with like 30 seconds left and a chance to I mean, sneak it in there. But they didn't have any timeouts. It would have taken a miracle sure. at that point in order for them to have done something. 28-20, Penn State wins that game. So KZ and I got that point. Weird bit where you and I were the only ones who picked Philadelphia and lost, and then you and I were the only ones who picked yeah. Las Vegas and wash. won. So it's a total wash, and we'll have another wash coming up here in a second. Um, the Eagles did nothing. I mean, they just had absolutely had nothing. It was a weird. I, like I, I was Philly special isn't that. quite as useful. When, no, not as yeah. helpful. I was flipping between that one and the the Steelers game, and it was just not a. F- an entertaining game to watch whatsoever, the Eagles game, which was disappointing because in your head you're like, boy, this Jalen Hurts guy, this could be this could be the nice truth. And then it didn't uh, score. San Francisco wins it outright 17 11. Um, Almost that score got me. It was first half score got me. What was it? What was it? 14 11, I think. No, it wasn't. It was like 13. It was like it was something. 
it, it was not a. They got they got a late touchdown and added the the two point conversion. There was something where there was scoregami in one. Half. I want to say it was like seven three at the half. Well, that it was, was not. It was it was a really unentertaining football game. Um, but then we both had Vegas, who outright won in Pittsburgh. And I don't and even. I mean, I think Vegas is better than we thought entering the year. But I still think a lot of this is about the Steelers' offensive line. There's definitely part of it that's about the Steelers' offensive line. But how line, about my, my prop bet at the beginning of the year when I was like Oakland? Those odds, they're juicy odds. Uh, Oakland. You know, yeah, that's what yeah. I picked. They're, they play in Las Vegas no. now. Play, it's weird. No. I don't think you're going to catch that bet, Chief, if you bet on Oakland. I think I was right it. about Oakland yeah. and about Carolina. Carolina's, I was right, played, Carolina's played two games I against was bad teams. Right. They're the only team that hasn't trailed on offense at all this year. There you go. There you go. Super Bowl, baby. I Super Bowl you. right now. They're, they're going and winning it. Anyway, uh, Kyle and I get that point. Pittsburgh being kind of fraudulent does not. It surprised me in the slightest. Not a great it, formula to have a bad offensive line and an immobile quarterback. It doesn't make any sense. It makes no They should try and find sense. Lamar Jackson. And you can say, hey, but they beat Buffalo in week one. Yeah, I get it. But as, again, Jones as we tried to say. a little shaky so far this year, accuracy-wise. His accuracy downfield has been poor. After it being like 48% on passes, 15-plus yards downfield, he's down to 24 Josh Allen looked just fine on Sunday. He was 17 for 33. It's fine. He looked just fine. They won I'm 35 saying, to nothing. He he looked like he took multiple steps forward last year, accuracy-wise. I mean, yeah, yeah. Accuracy-wise. Okay. I'll let you worry about Josh Allen. I'm I gonna, don't have I'm, many I'm going to choose not so. to worry about Josh Allen. I think he's going to be okay. Look, just because you're a big Montana guy. I have no, him he being went to Wyoming. Montana he went alum, to Wyoming. Same state. He went to Wyoming. Uh, speaking of which, uh, most of us had Buffalo against Miami. Andrew Stecka did not. That was a mistake. As a well, Buffalo won 35 close. No, they, they didn't. They didn't do that. Now, in fairness, Tua got hurt, but they weren't exactly. They weren't. No, yeah. they weren't particularly competitive with Tua. Um, and we'll see how long he's going to be out. We still they got the yet. brisket. They do have Jacoby Brissett as their backup. However, Stecka was the only one who took Indianapolis to cover, and miraculously, they did. 27-24 against the Rams. I did think there was a weird reverse lock thing there too. I was I was nervous about that one. You ever sprained both nervous. of your ankles? Nope, that's something I've never done before. But that's what how Carson you, Wentz did. How do you move around with something like that? Like, what do you? Are you have to be in a wheelchair? Uh, I would think yes. Yeah. I mean, you got to put weight on <laughs> something, and there's no weight to put on anything. So yeah, I think you'd have to be. Um, and then we all had Tennessee except for John Proctor. He was the only one, and I I thought that was going to be my bold point of the week, as it turns out everybody else took it except for Proctor. I heard um, Derrick Henry's tough to tackle. Yeah, he's it's uh, it's hilarious whenever Derrick Henry has like a game that's not a monster game. But she had decent. And it was still like a 9.9% fantasy he, point game last week. He I was had, disappointed. But whenever he doesn't have a monster game, I get it. people go to this like, he had a rough first this half, is why Derrick Henry is so infuriating. This is why, like, Derrick Henry is going to be just He's actually fine. catching passes this year. Yeah, it's a weird <laughs> bit, man. Tennessee wins that in overtime, 33-30, to 30, coming back from down 50. 15 points against little game. Seattle. Tennessee secondary, not great. First time Seattle has blown that type of lead at home uh, under Pete Carroll. So it happened to the 12th man, you know? Yeah, I know. I don't have all that. And then uh, we all had the uh, Chiefs. We were all wrong. <laughs> and we were God. all happy to be wrong. I'm really mad at myself because the day before the Ronnie Stanley news, when Stan and I did our picks, I absolutely was on the Ravens. Well, what would you do with our picks? The Ronnie Stanley thing changed everything for me, and I'm very frustrated. Changed everything. Stecka changed his pick, too. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, we all feel very stupid. But it's so for the best, you know. For the week, KZ goes five and four. Uh, Steck and I go four and five. Kyle was three and six. John Proctor two and seven. Proctor is struggling. He's six and seventeen now on the year, uh, but he's only five games back <laughs> because we're only three weeks into the season. There's a lot of time. Andrew Stecka leads. He's at the top of the table at eleven and twelve. Look at us. Eleven and twelve. 
Then I'm sitting at uh, 10 and 13. KZ is at 9 and 14. Kyle's at 8 and 15. Of course, at the top of the table, we're playing for a small amount of cash. At the bottom of the table, we are trying to avoid being the one who has to get their backs whacked. Consume backs, backs whacked. Backs huh? whacked. Like it. Not going to be fun. It's like Just pledging. not going to be pleasant. Back waxed. And uh, consume a tarantula while singing uh, Hero from the original well, Spider-Man movie. Not concurrent. Oh, I think you have to do the exact all of them at once. Okay. I think you have to do all three things at the exact same time. I'm pretty sure that's the way it's going to work. So there's the Picks Recap I forgot to do yesterday. And speaking of other things going on, Picks Recap, by the way, was brought to you by Window Nation, where they're celebrating their t- back-to-school special this month. You almost slipped up and went with August, huh? I did. I almost told you about the August special, but I didn't, Kyle. It's September, and they're celebrating their back-to-school special. Get two free windows for every two you buy. Wood or vinyl styles. Buy four, get four free. There's no limit. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 24 months. 866-90NATION or windownation.com. Congrats to the Bowie Bay Sox making the playoffs. There's that. Yes, sure. Love that. Um, uh, power rankings are up today Finally. at pressboxonline.com. Uh, we've officially hit the point where nothing matters because basically everyone's one and one. Well, not everyone, Glenn. Basically everyone Oakland is one and, and one. Carolina are both yeah, not. Oakland's not anything. They're not, believe it or not, they're not anything. Uh, basically everyone is one and one. Oh, apparently they're not posted yet, but they'll be posted soon. So you lied. They'll be posted shortly. They will be up at pressboxonline.com and you can check it out there. Um, some silliness as always. There's a finish this that I at this point there's no way. I've been sitting on it for like five days. There's no way you didn't see this story. But just in the you'd off be surprised chance, what I don't see. Uh, all right, I'll do it. I'll do it. Uh, mm. uh, man blanks in. Uh, man blanks in Oklahoma. Oakland. Oklahoma. Blank, blank. Blank, sorry. Three words. Um, woman. What? There's two headlines. Uh, no, no, no. It's, there's a comma. Woman. It's just it's a two-parter. Woman. Um, hmm. Boy, I don't know how to do this. Probably should have. Worked on this uh, before I, you worked I definitely should have. Uh, yeah. Well, I thought there was no way you hadn't heard it. W- woman, dis- I'm just going to, woman discovers man has blanked in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma, blank, blank, blank. Jeez. Are these the same blanks? Yeah. M- no, I, I rewrote it. Oh, woman I discovers... <laughs> woman discovers man has blanked in Oklahoma, blank, blank, blank. Woman discovers man has defecated in Oklahoma. Sooners football season. I'm going to give you defecated. Yeah. I was going with pooped, but defecated is the exact same thing. It is. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a scholar. Ah, yes. It's a good point. Uh, woman discovers man has defecated in Oklahoma. Um... Arby's parking lot. It's really more disturbing than discovers, but I just don't want to be here all day. It's not Arby's parking lot. I'm just thinking about that. She, she, she unfortunately made contact. Unfortunately. It's quite tragic. Like Jodie Foster? A lot like Jodie Foster, yes. (laughs) A lot. It's a lot. It's a film contact, 100%. It's a lot like that. 
A uh, woman discovers what man. What year did Contact come out? In? Know, 98, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Woman discovers man. By the way, very boring alien movie. Yeah, oh, it's a horrendously boring <laughs> alien film. But it was like number one of the box office for like four straight weeks because we had just nothing to do at this point in our lives. A uh, woman discovers man has defecated in Oklahoma. Um, in Oklahoma, public pool party. Public pool party, no. And it's the in is the problem here. Yeah. Because that would be at would be more, mm-hmm. you know. Give me a number one to three. We got to do this. Uh, one. One. It's uh, a good one, huh? Grocery. Oh, well, that gives me a little hint. Yeah. All right. Woman discovers man has defecated in an Oklahoma grocery cart basket. No. Grocery store aisle. No. But you got store. Grocery store bathroom. No. <laughs> I mean, I, that would be a preferred place to do it. It's a tough place to come in contact with it, though. You know? I don't know I how. I might blame her for that. Correct, one hundred percent. Grocery store register. No. Grocery store freezer. Yeah, there you go. From Oklahoma City, a man allegedly defecated in a grocery. Oh, you know allegedly. they used they, they didn't used prove the it. You know, I believe they found it on video. Allegedly defecated in a grocery store freezer Sunday night, and a woman who was shopping accidentally. Put her hand in it while reaching so for groceries that were covering it. Or Apparently, was it frozen? I pick up a, uh, this is a quote from Shirley Wright Johnson. I pick up a bag of pizza rolls and there's literally. Well, this is her fault now. And there's literally S, Shirley Wright Johnson said in the video of the incident. Human S, excuse my language. A Sunday trip to the store for her and her kids turned out to be more than what the Moore mom, I guess she's from Moore, bargained for Quote, I was upset, I was disgusted, I feel like I was violated, unquote, she said in an interview with KFOR. I think I'm, I'm on board with that being true. I yeah, think that's, that's the case. Right, Johnson said she's still trying to comprehend what happened while picking up a bag of pizza rolls in the we'll freezer section. will be getting any of those anytime probably soon. Gonna, yeah. Probably going to ruin pizza rolls. That's the real unfortunate part for her kids, yeah. is that Totino's have been forever ruined More now. pizza bagel I'm so guy sorry. myself. Look, who's not? I mean, who's not really like? I, the I think, pizza rolls are just the most kids, efficient method to burn your mouth. I think the kids are super into the Totinos, though. I think they're don't get me wrong. I think they're also into like if you're the, drunk. They're tasty as hell. No, as long as you arguing, can get over right. the fact that you've scorched your taste buds. That's the way that it works. Uh, do you bite the corner and breathe into it, or blow into it? Like I a, bite the corner, like a real adult. No, I don't do that. Well, you should. I don't do that. I just go for it. <laughs> I just go for it and deal with the consequences later. It's been a long time since I've had a Totino in my life, but. I deal with the consequences later. Yeah, an unfortunate story uh, that worked its way into uh, power rankings that, again, will be up later today. Pressboxonline.com. We come back in. Kevin Van Valkenburg is going to join us. We'll talk some more about the Ravens. Mobile One, full synthetic motor oil, helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Need to hone your computer skills to boost your career? Or maybe you want an IT certification. CCBC Continuing Education has the courses and programs you need for a career in the computer field. And it's all tuition free. From the basics to specialized training, we have the classes you need from hardware to programming to cybersecurity and so much more. It's your choice. It's your career. Call 443-840-4700 or visit ccbcmd.edu slash computer training. 
It's back to school time, and to help you get educated on Window Nation, they're offering a scholarship for higher savings during Window Nation's back-to-school sale. Right now, get two free windows for every two you buy, wood or vinyl styles, buy four, get four free. There's no limit. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 24 months. That's like a free ride until 2023. With all the money you'll be saving, you can use it towards your kids' books, clothes, backpacks, shoes, or even treat yourself. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Bear Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Bear Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the Fresh Food Fest, beer, wine, and spirits, showcase and so much more come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the maryland five star at fair hill october 14th through 17th buy your tickets now at maryland five star.us with the number five i love you more than selfie poses i love you more than spraying hoses i love you more than bird calls but not as much as football celebrate your love of football with raven scratch-offs from the maryland lottery win up to a hundred thousand dollars instantly or second chance cash and raven's prizes i love you more than snowballs but not as much as football play raven scratch-offs at any maryland lottery retailer please play responsibly All right, back in here on GCR again. Tyus Bowser tonight, Mother's Peninsula Grill, 7 o'clock. We will see you there for the Tyus Bowser Show with a special guest, Anthony Levine Sr. Today's program also brought to you by the new print issue of Pressbox, which is available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms and the hundreds of locations around town where you find Pressbox. So read it all at PressBoxOnline.com. On the cover, you find Marlon Humphrey. Ravens cornerback again. Go pick that up right now for free wherever it is that you get press box around town. From uh, Tony, Tony says, uh, Glenn, interesting that you're going to talk about the John Harbaugh thing. I was going to bring that up to you, what happened in the game last night. Do you think that every team should always be going for it in those circumstances, or is it unique to having Lamar Jackson? Well, it's unique to having Pat Mahomes on the other side of the field. Well, it's it's. I mean, every circumstance is different. I I 100% agree with the Lions going for it there last night because they were facing the the Packers and the notion of the Lions defense being so good that you're in a good place to to, to hold the Packers in check is silly. So I was of course in agreement with the Lions going for it last night. Again, I just the play call makes no sense. But it is a particularly extreme situation when you have Lamar Jackson as your quarterback that on fourth and one, you should eternally have the advantage. And yes, it's even more so extreme when Pat Mahomes is on the other side. But honestly, had the same situation been against the Raiders, 
I would have done the exact same thing. Just go it's go win the game list yourself. Of teams that you wouldn't, then you would. I don't. I, I mean, there's got to be if, one. I don't with, know who. It, I don't think there's any. If you have Lamar Jackson as your quarterback, just go win the game. David David more. Mills, maybe. Davis Mills. David Mills. Davis Mills. He's the Oakland quarterback. Let's talk more. What are you doing? Let's talk more about uh, this. My friend Kevin Van Valkenburg, ESPN, joins us now here on GCR. What's going on, pal? How are you? I'm pretty good, bud. What's happening with you? you, Are you really getting married on Ryder Cup weekends? I know. This huge... Huge error on my part. I mean, like, did you not know that when you planned it out? And then, like, you can't. We planned a wedding. We can't move it. Or was there consternation involved? Like, a little, the... little from column A, a little from column B. Okay. Yeah, the Cup was supposed to be in October. It was supposed to be in 2020. All these things kind of, ah, you know, swung ah, together and uh, ah. plan a wedding uh, a year out or so. And all of a sudden, there's too many moving parts. So. What are what are the rules? Um, do, have you guys like talked about? Are are you are you going to be able to to watch any of this weekend? Like, have you had to have a conversation about your decorum during the course of the weekend, considering you're getting married and the Ryder Cup's happening at the same time? Uh, the the wife to be is a is a big fan of of me certainly enough to marry me. So she has uh, said that she wants the Ryder Cup to be on during hey, the reception. Hey, look at Sunday. that! So look at that. We'll see if that is actually. I'm not sure the venue can make that happen, but it would be. Uh, great if they could, so we'll see. All right. It's, uh, they'll, you know, there's still Ryder Cup Saturday and uh, Friday and Saturday, so I can watch them <laughs> that. But you know, it's a good it's a good test of like uh, the, the event that I love the most in sports, but also like it kind of pales very much in comparison Obviously. to how much I love her. Of so, course, you know, of of course really that's the that. case. Of course that's yeah. the case. Well, I'm very happy for you, pal. I'm extremely Thanks, happy bro. for you, and appreciate you doing this during wedding week. Um, you and I were talking yesterday about the, and this, this, I'm not, I think the Pete, there are, of course, you know how this works, where you send out, um, a tweet and it requires a little bit of context and thought. And instead people assume that you're for Twitter. Yeah, correct. You're asking people to think with context. Correct. Correct. So when I say something like this, there's a group of people that somehow think that I'm like going after John Harbaugh, which I'm in no ways doing like not even remotely. Because he did the right thing. But of course he did the right thing. And my point is it would be insane for him to have done otherwise. And this thing where we don't understand that and we we say things like, boy, this is really ballsy from John Harbaugh. Like, no, the the percentages say it would be really ballsy to do the other thing. It would also be quite stupid to do the other thing. It's just amazing to me that how we haven't understood why this was such an obvious thing that shouldn't have required John Harbaugh like asking his quarterback his opinion. Although I get that somebody would say, "Hey, it shows some faith in your team, and maybe there's value to asking your quarterback's opinion." It should be so obvious to everyone. This is, of course, what you do when you're in this situation. Yeah, that was a really funny tweet by I think it was Roger Sherman. Is that like? How funny it would have been if Lamar would be like, let's punt a coach. Yeah, he's got a I great did, punter. I he's in the coffin corner. Him. We'll make I it saw work. that. I did see that. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I think part of what we're talking about here is is football's um, addiction to conventional wisdom, right? And that has been true of football for a long time. Because it's very hard for people to not just repeat cliches like defense wins championships man right no actually it kind of doesn't yeah it's been a while you know (laughs) it can happen 
But that is not the only way to, you know, you got to run the ball in the playoffs. Well, actually, you don't. Right. Uh, if you have a really good quarterback like the Chiefs do, running the ball, as we saw, can be disastrous. So I think that it is just, there's some people who are really still stuck in a – they haven't evolved. None of their thinking about football has evolved in 25 years. And, you know, some of those people hold prominent media positions. And so I think what we're talking about here in this kind of situation is like, of course, like if you look at it logically and if you begin to understand about how the game is wide open these days and there's no way that like it's the same kind of deal where you're going to pin Patrick Mahomes back and you're going to trust your defense to get this done. Like the game is set up specifically to help Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson succeed. So why not the rules are that way why not try to use that to your advantage at this point and so i think if you're if your thinking hasn't evolved it's easy to say like oh that was a risk and even i kind of got in i mean i think i put it on twitter like oh it's a ballsy move but you're right like it wasn't that ballsy it was the right move to make i think there was some sort of theater involved in john being like lamar do you want to go right. for this like john should just basically make that decision correct it, it shouldn't so require always, much yeah, i don't know there is maybe some psychology there where if you ask Lamar and he owns it, then everyone feels like we're all behind this and we're going to go and we're we're fired up. We're going to kick ass. You put your trust in me. Let's go get it. So I get that, but it would have been really not bright to give Mahomes one more chance when you've been rushing the ball really well all night. The defense is exhausted on the other side. All you got to do is get a yard and a half like, just go get it and win the game, and it is over. And it makes a statement, too. And really, like, it, it's a game that you were probably not going to win going in, so now you have a chance to win it in one play? Let's just go do it. You can tell me you can't win one play? I'm, this is All of these are, by the way, the next-gen stats, and I'm going to try to suggest that next-gen stats is Bible. I want to make that very clear. It's just it's the easiest thing that I can turn to to find this. The difference, um, uh, Next Gen Stats said if the Ravens had, had punted the ball there, they would have had a 58% of winning just by lining up to go for it, not the result of the play. Obviously, the result of the play gave them a 100% chance of winning. Just by lining up to go for it, they improved their chances of winning the game by 24%. And, and we're suggesting that the decision that gives you a, a 24% better chance of winning is somehow ballsy. <laughs> like, that's... It's 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 obvious. It's what you do in those situations. We're just not, you know. Unfortunately, we're not there yet. We are we are such backwards thinkers that we we think that it's a bold decision to make when it should be the only decision that you would consider. Um, and, so and Ke- yeah, I go think ahead. Just to, just to follow up with a minute, I, I think that part of it is that when you have a lot of people who just kind of wait to see what the outcome of something is and then criticize it regardless, you have to be willing to essentially kind of overlook those people or ignore them because it's all just noise. Like if if they had gone for it and gotten stuffed, there would have been plenty of people happy to say that, you know, and it wouldn't have been all the people. There would have been a lot of people who said it's the right move. But a lot of people would have said, what a dumb thing. Right. You always punt in that situation. You know, if you don't have any faith in your defense, you know, this is the Ravens. They have a... a you know, a, historic, a history of great defense. So you just have to kind of be have enough credibility built up and enough confidence in yourself that you're willing to just say, like, hey, 
I don't care what right. you say. And you know what? That didn't used to be John. Like, if you remember back in the first few years, like, he would get kind of annoyed and oh. upset about, you know, the the call-in shows yep. that he had to do. And yep. fans getting upset with him. And he he took that much more personally than a head coach should. And that's part of growing up and part of being a head coach is learning that those people are kind of irrelevant. Like, the local columnist or the national columnist or whatever – None of it really matters in your ability to sort of control the team or keep your job or, or do your job. And so you have to just kind of get over it. And sometimes that's just the nature of like being a coach for 10 years and learning to deal with it. Like, do you think Andy Reid cares at all about, you know, what the Kansas City star, like Sam Mellinger or something, rips him? Like, if he does, then he's doing a bad job as an NFL coach. So I think that's what we are seeing in some ways with John is that like, I mean, I remember vividly, like, having to kind of talk to him and him having to, like, kind of sheepishly walk back his frustration with fans on the call-in radio show yep. he used to have to do. Well, he's, so. he get frustrated about little things. He tried to fight Forrester in the locker room in Charlotte the one time. Like, I mean, <laughs> Drew Forrester. And I love Drew. As a, I mean, I know he's a friend of yours as well. But, like, come yeah. on. I mean, fair, who has not tried to fight And it happens to a lot of us. It's a good point. It happens to a lot of us. Um, Kevin Valkenberg is with us. So, so a couple things that that come out of this. One, I, there, I, because I, you referenced the people that, oh, this was a terrible decision. I heard from somebody that yesterday, and they clearly don't listen to me. They clearly only follow me on Twitter because I'm not that guy anymore. Like I've, I've grown up from that place in my life where. If, if it's a good decision, it's a good decision. A week ago, the Ravens went for it on fourth and one uh, before the end of the first half, and I thought it was the right decision. I thought it was a terrible play call, handing the ball off five yards in the backfield. I had no idea what that was all about, but of course it was the right decision to me, and I think we, we should be capable. The Lions failed on fourth and one last night, but I still think it was the right decision. I have no clue why they're throwing the ball outside the numbers on fourth and one. That's it's bonkers to me that that's a play that you have in for a fourth and one situation. But we, we are capable as humans. Not everyone is a carnival barker. Not everyone is, you know, the, the guys that are getting paid to do theater. And I'm not trying to, boy, you work for a net. I've got to be careful what I'm saying here. <laughs> um, but, like, not everyone is one of the – there are plenty of us that are capable of having rational thought about these sure. types of situations where we can say, no, it was the right decision, even if it doesn't work out, because we, we, we know we have the data that says it was the right decision, even if it doesn't work out. Absolutely. I mean, I think you just have to kind of put your faith in that you know that if you, analytic stuff has has changed, right? And think of back back to that Monday night game, whatever I think it was two thousand five or six, when the Patriots did this up six, and they were like, "We have a chance to end the game," and Belichickers are going to go for it. And I think it was like fourth and five or something ridiculous, right? Longer than fourth and one, right? And the the reaction was like people could not handle it. Belichick was ripped so much for it. And now, like, you know, things have evolved to yep. where we can have we can point to the data that says, like, look, why wouldn't you try to end the game right here? Yep. It's over if you complete this thing and you've got a really good quarterback and if you call a good play, like you have a pretty good percentage of it working out. Right. And, and it, then you still like it's the game is still not over. There's still a chance that you could do something else. So it's not like you're pitting it all on one play. You know, you're saying, All right, like if we don't get this, like maybe it drastically reduces our chances, but getting it pretty much ends the game. So I'm, I'm going to take those odds. Nah, no question about it. No question about it. All right, um, Kevin, the other thing that jumped out at me from, from Sunday night, and I talked a good bit about in the last 24 hours, and I want to talk about with you, 
is almost like a complete reversal of what we saw from Lamar Jackson from week one to week two, which is in week one, we 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 seemed a, a bit of we seen we saw a bit of a reluctance either from the Ravens or from Lamar Jackson to run have him run the ball nearly as much as he did in week two, and it was brought up to me by someone who's you know I've talked about this I don't want to say you know too much about who I talked about this with. But that some of this is truly Lamar. Like, there is absolutely a side of Lamar that is, I don't want to be, and he's talked openly about not wanting to be known as a running quarterback and, and how he wants to be more of a pocket passer, um, but that it, it has infiltrated his decision-making at times, that he goes in and says, I, I don't want to be the guy that's running the ball, you know, 15 to 20 times in a game. I don't want to be that guy. And it's always crazy to me to take nothing away from Lamar as a passer because he's a capable passer, but he's one of one as a dual-threat quarterback. There, there is no one that can do this. And we have, again, all of the data that says you are not at greater risk of getting hurt as a running quarterback than you are as a pocket passer. That doesn't yeah. – that's not a thing. So it's befuddling to me why this continues to be a narrative and why when you see what he did on Sunday night, why it's not – this is, and I, again, I'm trying to separate from the, the carnival barkers, the people that will always say things for the sake of saying things, but why even intelligent football people try to suggest, well, they need to throw more, and Lamar's got to be more of a pro-style passer, and all of these insane things that make no sense when we're talking about Lamar Jackson. Yeah, why would you want him to do the thing, like, even though he does it well, that he does a little bit worse than, you know, he's, it, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. I, it, again, we're, we're talking about the way that old school thinking shapes football, even amongst smart people. And I would sort of say to Lamar, look, look at what Michael Vick did later in his career when he didn't have that explosiveness. He became like an absolutely elite passer. And that can come for you too. And you can sort of slowly work on getting there. But in the meantime, use your gifts that you have. Use the one thing that makes you better than anybody maybe who's ever played Correct. this game before. And... You know, I think it's anecdotally, can you look at like what happened to Robert Griffin and be like, oh, I don't want that. But, you know, in a lot of ways, Robert Griffin ruined his career because he decided, you know, I just want to be a a drop back passer. I don't want to be a sort of run it around kind of guy. Like, you know, Donna McMahon was really good for a long time, like scrambling and running when he had to. And when he tried to sort of, you know, limit himself in that sense, like it's he was a worse quarterback. So be great. Like, I don't think that we're, again, the game has evolved to where guys are, are lighter, they're stretched out wider. Speed means so much more, and he has more of it than anyone. And so, absolutely, I would, if I were the Ravens coaches, I'd just be like, just lean into who you are. Like, who cares? Oh, there's this. Sometimes I, you know, I don't follow the Ravens like I used to. Right, of course. I was covering the team and stuff, but I still enjoy watching them just as a fan of football and a fan of excitement and stuff. And so occasionally I'll get into with, you know, people who say, uh, you know, well, he will never win a Super Bowl or, you know, that you can't, why would you build your team around this? Because you know what? It's fun, man. It's, I, I is, saw you, you know, tweeting about this that, on that Sunday. Never win a Super yeah. Bowl. Guess what? They only award one Super Bowl per year and a lot of really great pocket passers never win one. So why not just take your chances with something that is absolutely fun to watch and that you have a, a uniquely talented person who can do it? I, I just I'm baffled sometimes by 
this idea of like, well, if you're trying to do it differently, you know, it means you again, we're going back to like people have been convinced over time that you, there's only one way to win a Super Bowl. And if you can't, you know, Colin Kaepernick is one throw away from having won a Super Bowl in this kind of like similar way to how the Ravens are using Jackson with yep. the same offense coordinator. If he has one, if, if basically if they call a quarterback draw in that moment, there's no way that old ass Ray Lewis could have gotten Colin Kaepernick before he got to the end zone. And then all this argument about, well, you can't win a Super Bowl that way would be completely bunk. <laughs> and yet people cling to it so badly. Like, would you rather fail? Would you rather have Matt Ryan back there? Matt Ryan's whole arc of his whole career. Matt Ryan right now. Would you rather have Matt Ryan than Lamar Jackson? God no. Of course not. I, well, I don't. I, don't, I, I, don't I, I think we're being a little. Man, there were there were moments where Matt Ryan was quite brilliant, but yes, it, as a whole, I think Lamar but, Jackson. But you know is, what? Yes. This is so much more fun to watch. Yeah. This is so much more entertaining, and on some level, like I kind of like entertaining. I don't have the quite the emotional investment that some people do. Like sure. that, that it's Super Bowl or bust. Yep. But man, like you telling me that that last night or whatever Monday night, Sunday night wasn't fun to be like have the whole community sort of feel like hey we're back watching football and this is our guy one way or another you know and to me it's like it can it can use the same sort of us against the world mentality that he used to use with defense like well no one's gonna no one can win with just defense it's such crappy offense and that was Baltimore kind of embraced that so just embrace this too be like you know what our quarterback is different than any other quarterback and if this is the way that it's going to work out for us, great. I wouldn't, would you rather have Baker Mayfield than oh, Lamar Jackson? Not, not, in the, not in a million years, no question. And that's the part I, I'll never – I don't understand the criticism of Greg Roman, Kevin. I don't, I don't get it. Like, this is a city that never saw any offense for, for, for decades. And then mm-hmm. – then, and I'm, again, I get it. It's different. It's not the same thing as other people do. But it's, it works. All they do is win, to, uh, to quote uh, a rapper, right? Like, all they do is win football games and score lots of points. And, no, they're not, they don't have, they're not throwing it 50 times a game. Why, why do we think that's a thing? That was what I got into. A, and again, I know he's a colleague, so i got to be careful. But, like, I went back and forth with um, you, you know, Jeremy Fowler from ESPN a couple weeks ago. I'm like, you know, his, his answer is, well, what's going to happen if he has to throw the ball 50 times a game? I'm like, in what world is that the way that you should be preparing for winning a football game? Like, how is that a good idea to think about what is going to occur if you have to throw the ball 50 times? I think I know the answer. Overwhelmingly, if you throw the ball fifty times, you're probably gonna lose. Like, mm. what are we doing here? What is going sure. on? I feel like I'm taking crazy. I mean, most sometimes. yeah, most quarterbacks are gonna lose games when they have to throw fifty times because there's a reason that they've had to throw it fifty times. <sighs> like it's again, like it, it, it's okay to go against some of the sort of stuff that you've had drilled into you. Like cliches get worn out for a reason. Yet some people just continue to believe that they are gospel nothing right. in football is really gospel it's just <laughs> the game evolves in ways that some people are not willing to accept and you know that's that's what happened in you know you can't block guys the same way or going to get called for holding that you yep. used to be you know you yeah. can't grab guys and hold them. i mean if you were trying to win football games in the way that you did in 2006 you'd go four and 13 kind of how it worked because the rules have changed so you have to kind of adjust to what the league is and in a way like the ravens are kind of still moneyballing the rest of the league because they're able to do especially before they have to sign a martyr huge contract 
Like they're able to do something that other teams can't figure out because no one else does it yet. And so they've exploited that kind of weakness of like, we can, we can run spread offenses and we can run from them and you can't put the same kind of defenses against us that you would put against everyone else in the league, or we're going to run over you. And that was certainly true before Dobbins got hurt, yeah. which is sort of a, why it's a big bummer because I think like if Dobbins hadn't gotten hurt, they would they would be tearing up the league right now because I just think he provided such a like if you if you have to stop a really good running back between the tackles and try to pinch down on Lamar like getting the outside you're screwed and I, I just think that you know if you know, look if he gets healthy and can play or if they get another running back next year see a huge huge year from Lamar even more than the MVP year I really believe that. It's a little bit of a different conversation, but you don't hear people complaining really about the air raid offense in Arizona much anymore. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, Kyler Murray's awesome and dynamic. It's just going to take, like, another five, six years of these kind of great athletes playing quarterback for people to sort of accept that, like, yeah, this the league is basically just flag football in a lot of ways right now, right? Yeah. And the, the way that you win games – is like getting the strip fumble at the end of like a big turnover. There's no like crushing defense, hold them to three and out. Like if you get, if you go three and out, it's probably has more to do with your offense's crappy execution than hmm. what you actually, what the defense actually did. Yeah. Maybe the defense made one truly great play, but you still had two other plays where you probably should have been able to pick up 10 yards. That's a that's an interesting point, and it's it's I've I've compared it to arena football at times, right? Like where it's just score, 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 and the team that doesn't score that you're going to be screwed. It's it's not that obviously at every you know not every team is in that situation, but you know I, I don't know that we're going to be that far from there as uh, we continue to evolve. And and everybody loved that Rams Chiefs game a couple years ago, and that was essentially arena football, right? Like that's all it was. It was totally. Back and back. And I mean, I I was thinking too about like. Think about like Le'Veon Bell, who's like what twenty-seven years old, and he's you know can't get off the Ravens practice squad. Like, could you imagine trying to win football games in with like an Emmett Smith type running back these days? That that was your like even Derrick Henry. Like it, it's weird that like Tennessee doesn't get sort of criticized for you know trying to win football games with like the best running back that we've seen you know in in years in the league in this way that how is that dramatically different than what Lamar Jackson is doing like that's just not how the game really works anymore running downhill and getting guys 40 carries or whatever and just putting the horse on your back like yeah you can you can do okay with that but i the idea that like Tennessee could win a super bowl with that attack it seems preposterous to me it seems way more outlandish than like the the Ravens winning a Super Bowl with that sort of different approach. It's an interesting thought. So I guess you know, it's just some things are just always going to be. There's always going to be an older segment of fans, and and eventually they sort of die off. And another middle age. I mean, I'm 43 now. I've been watching football for 25 years. I hope I'm not sort of griping and complaining about back in the day of when I. But right now, there's a segment of football fans that's 60 to 70 years old that still believes that the same things that were true in 1998 are true now, and they just aren't. Uh, before I let you go, I need to ask you one about Michael K. Williams, and I'll do my yeah. best to not remind you that I invited you in studio one day when I had him on the show. Oh, um, God. Is that true? Yeah. How did oh. I blink on that? Uh, I, I mean, you had you had a real job at that point. <laughs> you, okay. were, you were important at that point in your life. <laughs> um, 
I, you know, to, to his brilliance, to and 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 to me, it goes beyond. You know, like it. There's so many, so many you know, actors on that show delivered incredible performances, and I don't think it's because he passed away. I think we all recognized what he did exceeded even other great acting performances on that show. Mm-hmm. He was just so charismatic and so. I mean, anybody who's ever watch the wire they're like yeah like omar that's the guy yep. who i love and you know president obama said that they're like what's your favorite character and he said omar and either because like the right-wing media machine didn't watch the wire or because michael k williams was so charismatic like it didn't become a thing <laughs> like imagine a hmm. world where president obama who got you know for criticized suit, for wearing yeah. a tan suit right said that his favorite character on a television show was a gay, like, stick-up, you know, robber, basically. Right, <laughs> It didn't correct. become, like, a 17-day scandal on in the right-wing media universe. Like, that's how, I was joking, like, that's how great Michael K. Williams was, because everyone was just like, yeah, this dude is awesome. My favorite episode of The Wire has always been All Prologue, which is, in the, like, the fourth episode of the second season, mm-hmm. where it's the scene where it's Omar so goes to court and testifies against Bird, because you just get so much like humor and like quick wit and you see like his intelligence and his, you know, humanity where it's sort of like turning it around and basically saying like, I'm no different than, than you, You, Levy, the the lawyer for, Mm -hmm. for the Barksdale drug crew. It's, he, well, it's the moment that it it strikes you that he's, he's Robin Hood. Like that's, that's the moment Mm -hmm. that that first. Well, it provides also the most intellectual depth to the character as well. Like it shows how smart he really is. I'm telling you, that was the moment for me where like, and I've never asked David, I've had, I've talked to David Simon about it a few times. And I don't know, he's probably talked at length about it at some point, but like, it's the moment where it strikes me like you're, you're creating a character that's essentially a street version of Robin Hood. Yeah, and I, you know, it's uh, what's so crushing is like the pandemic has been hard on a lot of us. You know, it's been people addiction. Michael sort of said that he had, and, and who battled loneliness. And I think you know he said that his character in Lovecraft Country like made him kind of feel dark and depressed because it sort of forced him to sort of think deeply about some of the awful things that america had done to african americans and you know it just there's so many people who i think are are being wounded deeply by the isolation of this stuff and you know i I think it's just important that we do anything we can to try to pull them out of places uh that are where the sort of darkness can kind of overtake them and not to say that like anyone failed Michael or anything or, you know, that addiction is a a complicated and awful thing, but you know, it just, it stinks, man, because I just, I would have loved to see him, you know, act deep into his sixties and seventies, uh, you know, and and take on different kind of roles. And I think I always like, people always said, are, you know, are you worried about being typecast? And he said, why do I care about that? Like I'm from where I'm from and I like, providing humanity to those type of characters. Like, I'm not worried about being typecast as Omar. Omar's a great character. And I'm glad that people, like, walk up to me and be like, Omar, instead of saying, like, Michael. Michael. So, you know, I thought that was always a wonderful way to sort of flip it 
uh, something that a lot of actors, oh, I don't want to be, you know, Kit Harrington didn't want to be Jon Snow forever. Well, you know, Michael Williams didn't really think of it that way. Yeah. He kind of liked that people, was, he had touched people so deeply that they would remember him that way. At K Van Valkenburg is how you follow him on Twitter. Um, so happy for you, pal. Have a uh, have a wonderful weekend out there, man. And uh, let's do this again before too long. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, buddy. Kevin Van Valkenburg from ESPN, uh, one of my favorite human beings, and appreciate him taking the time for us this morning. No, we don't need to take a break. We can go right to it. That's why I tried to time out that way. Um, you know, we could do that for an hour every day and I'd just be happy to have that conversation. And it's the thing that I keep coming away from Sunday night. I keep coming away from it. Like, why in the world does anyone think that Lamar Jackson should be running less? Why? Why? Which isn't to say he should be running only. It's to say that what makes Lamar Jackson one of one is what you saw on Sunday night. Is a little bit of everything is that's him and I'm befuddled by why anyone would think that that's something that they shouldn't be doing alright today's show brought to you by C3 American Exteriors don't let the insurance industry get one over on you call C3 to get roof and siding repairs for just the cost of your home insurance deductible 410-410 sorry 410-401-9797 or c3america.com for your free analysis. Joining us now, of course, one of my uh, favorite people ever, uh, a bestie. She is, of course, NFL Network reporter, and she is the host of the new podcast, NFL Explained, along with Mike Yam, found wherever you listen to your podcasts. It's always a pleasure to welcome back into the program Aditi Kinkabwala, who's with us once again. Aditi, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's so great to catch up with you. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Glenn, it feels like it's been forever. Yeah, it's on me. It's on me. I, and you know what? This I, I really I, I stopped being a fun guest. Is no, no. You know what it is. I, I don't talk about butterflies anymore. <laughs> and go- and Eli therefore. Manning being a goober, right? Like all of those things. You know what? It, how it goes. You know what it is. Really is. Uh, and I'm sure you're like this with people that you know. I, I I know how busy you are, truly. I truly understand. And, you know, you've got a family. you got on top of your job. And I'm like, I don't want to bother Aditi too much. Like, I don't want to try to abuse, like, this friendship that we've had over the years. And so, like, this is the most pleasant. When Andrew Howard, like, sent a message, like, hey, would you want to have Aditi kink a ball on? I was doing cartwheels. I'm like, are you kidding me? Oh, are you kidding me? Come on I love now. talking to Aditi. Are you kidding me? This is one of my favorite things. Um, I guess before we talk about football, and the, like, tell me about the podcast. Like, when did this come about? What is the idea? What's the concept? I'm excited for this. Do you have me? Yeah, yeah, we got you. We got you. I'm sorry. You know what happened is that I was jumping in the car, and I had my earpods on, and then I, uh, and then it switched to the Bluetooth, (laughs) and it got all confusing. And so now (laughs) I'm going in reverse down my driveway while waving to my baby while talking to you. And that whole, like, walking while chewing gum thing is a lot easier than what I'm doing right now. This is what I'm talking about. This is why I don't don't have Kyle call as much, because I know you're busy. I understand how busy you are. No, but here's the thing. Like, friends are supposed to be there, and what's the worst thing that happens? You don't. Not today. Can we do it tomorrow? You don't owe me anything. You don't owe me a damn thing. I don't want to make that No, 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 no. Come on. It's only a pleasure. I'm starting to feel bad about this. No, like, why doesn't Glenn call it. me anymore? Stop, why stop, doesn't Glenn stop. Like 
with me. Is that what the issue That's, is? I promise you eternally that will never be the issue. Let me make that promise. <laughs> I very used to have clearly. a friend. Let, let me tell you, I used to have a friend who would call me on the phone, and then when he was done talking, he'd say, okay, let me let you go. And it's like, what do you mean, let me go? You're the one that's hanging up. Yeah, I'm. I, you know what, though? I'm guilty of that sometimes, too. I'm totally guilty of that sometimes. And it is. I, I don't, I, I'm an empath, right? Like, in my heart, it's what I am. And I genuinely think about those types of things. I'm like, geez, you know, I, I don't want to uh, spend have this person. This person feels like they have to be on the phone with me. They have to, to talk to me. They have to do these things, and I don't want them to feel that way. And so I'll find myself doing the exact same thing. But here's what the problem: is. you should be like, it's so fun to talk to me, and I'm sure this person is dying to talk to That's me. And point. especially when it's a person like me who has a brand new podcast, and I'm dying to talk about NFL. It. About NFL explained. What explain to me? NFL explained. Uh, okay, so I'm a little bit disappointed that you haven't listened yet. Since I, we are, I'm, I just, I'm so sorry. Okay, wait and a second. No, 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 no. no. Hang on. Justin How Tucker many? was one of our first oh, guests. Oh, that's cool. Oh, that's, I do. Uh, I do love Justin So, you know, Tucker. if you don't want to support me, you could have supported uh, Justin Tucker. I do, right I do feel bad about that. I do feel bad about that. You know, I'm no, doing a podcast okay, with okay, your colleague, I, though. And you, I bet you haven't listened well, to my podcast. I'm actually pumped about this one, though, Glenn, because I think it really, truly is different than the -the run-of-the-mill pod. So it is NFL, but it's kind of like how stuff works. So what do I mean by that? It's evergreen topics, things that you may have wondered about the NFL or you just sort of accepted its facts but never really knew the history of. And so we're trying to just kind of explain. NFL things. And so, for example, our first episode was how every single NFC team got its name. Then it was how every AFC team got its name. Then it was everything you'd ever want to know about goalposts. Why are they yellow? Why are they 35 feet in the air? Justin Tucker is actually the reason that they're 35 feet in the air. The oh, right, because like, of the, the Patriots game. Why are game. they where they yeah. are? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No, I remember that. Uh, yes, for why. those that forget, the, the, and this is the famous the Tory Smith game against the Patriots um, yes. after his brother had passed away when the ball traveled over the upright, m- may have been yep. good, may not have been good. We we don't. Well, Justin says it was totally good. He oh, says there's man. no question it was good. Uh, you've met Justin Tucker. You know Justin Tucker. You think there's any world <laughs> in which Justin Tucker is going to do anything but blow him? And, I, and by the way, I love Justin Tucker, and he knows that. And he was very nice <laughs> to my kids in an event this summer. And so I've, I've got no – I will never in my life have a negative thing to say about Justin Tucker. But we don't know that that kick was good. We don't know that. Well, we, but here's what the crazy thing is, is that Belichick went ballistic. Those uprights are supposed to go into the heavens. He, uh, he argued, he put forth a rule change. Can those uprights, in fact, be 40 feet in the sky as opposed to 30 feet? The uprights used to be 30 feet. What happened is the NFL called Neil Gilman, who runs Gilman Gear, which is one of the preeminent manufacturers of goalposts, and asked, can we make the uprights 40 feet in the air? And Neil Gilman and the engineers went back to the you know, drawing board and tried to figure it out, and they said, okay, if you want to make the uprights 40 feet in the air, then you're going to need a new gooseneck, which is a piece that goes into the ground, a new rebar, a new concrete, and a new crossbar, and then you can do it. Or, settle for 30 feet or all you need to do is replace the upright part. You don't need a new gooseneck, a new rebar, a new concrete footing. And so the NFL decided, okay, well, 35 is the happy medium. That's the compromise. I, I can't. But I, see, had you listened to the podcast, you would have heard. This I really story. regret. You would have heard Tucker talking about this. talking about his shoe falling apart on that kick. But I'm I, not going to give you everything away because 
I regret, I immediately regret having not listened to this podcast already. And I apologize, Aditi and King Gabwala, because you know what? This is fascinating. <laughs> I am, I am your audience for the podcast about the uprights. I am just telling you, I am the audience for that. I want to know everything. Well, you know why they're yellow? I, my goalposts are yellow. I don't. I genuinely don't. And I, 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 I'm assuming what you're about to say is go listen to the episode and you're going to find out. Uh, yeah, I will say that. That's how a tease works, right? <laughs> That's awesome. I, I love this. I absolutely love this. This is even better than... Can we at least like, ask what the funniest story of how a team got its name is? Um... You don't want to know how the Ravens got their name, or do you already know? You I mean, we, know yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. We know how the Ravens got their name. We do. We do. Know uh, that. Yes. Okay. I'll give you a great one. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals actually started in Chicago. Yep. And at the time, like in the 1800s or whatever, whenever they first started, I think it was in like 1890 something. This is, you know, four weeks ago that we did this episode. So I apologize <laughs> for not having the exact date. But basically, the owner of the then Chicago Cardinals got old uniforms from the University of Chicago. And the University of Chicago were called the Maroons, or the uniforms were supposed to be maroon. <laughs> but the owner of the team of the Chicago Cardinals, which didn't have a name at the time, said, wait a minute, these aren't maroon, they're faded. They're actually cardinal red. Hmm. And the guy was a house painter, so he totally knew his colors, and that's how the Cardinals became the Cardinals. Wow. Because their uniforms were faded. Wow. And were not actually the maroon they were supposed to be. I kn- that is, that is, that's gold. <laughs> that's absolutely gold. I mean, it's fun, because, like, some of them are so obvious. The San Francisco 49ers, right. you know why they're called the Correct. 49ers. Because Correct. of the 40- the gold rush and blah, blah, blah. Then right. there are some that are, okay, well, the no. Edita, are you still there? Can you hear us? All right, let's try to get her back. Oh. The baseball team, right. Or were a derivative. You know, the Bears were named after the Chicago Cubs because the Chicago, they were playing at Wrigley Field and the Chicago Cubs already existed and then they thought Cubs, well, what's bigger than Cubs? Bears. So that's how they went with the Bears. How did you uh, how did you handle the um, the part where you had to get to the Washington football team name? How did you how you handle the uh, that that one? Well, you know what? We to be perfectly fair, simply because of when we did it, and we were afraid they might that, announce a name. Yeah, we, we yeah. do the podcast kind of earlier in the week, and it drops on Thursday. And right now, since we're sitting here waiting for. Um, we're waiting for the news to drop of what the new team name is. We sort of just gave the history of, you know, the Boston Braves moving and this and that, but we didn't really, we're just said, okay, they're the Washington football team. And as, at this moment right now, there are three finalists right. for NFL, a new name. NFL Explained is the podcast. She's Aditi Kinkabwala. It's available wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you go check it out there. Um, Aditi, I got to ask a question. I, I, I brought this up yesterday. We're, we're all reveling in Baltimore, right? Because that was such, such sure. a phenomenal victory on Sunday night and so wildly unexpected given, every, given everything the Ravens have been through. Um, it's, it was one of the great moments in recent Ravens history. I, the question I have now is, like, so now two weeks in, who are the Ravens? They're the team that's accomplished the thing that, that nobody, no other Ravens team could since Lamar Jackson became the quarterback, they beat Patrick Mahomes. They took down the Chiefs. They they had done. They had failed in three tries, but they're also a team that still has you know some issues at running back, some issues along the offensive line. Like, are are they back to being considered a a Super Bowl candidate, or 
Are they a flawed team that has a really good win? You know, it, it's funny. It's the seventeenth game makes this feel even earlier than usual. And what I mean by that is usually you say, okay, we're not going to make any grand statements after week one. Right. Unless, of course, we're Peyton Manning, who after one pass can make a grand statement on the <laughs> Raiders. <laughs> but um, separate of that, I think that, you know, week one, you're like, okay, it's one game, it's one week, it's come on. Look at what happened to the Browns against the Ravens in week one last year. They were laughed off the field, and then what happened to the Browns? So it feels that way now after week two. Look at the AFC North. Everybody's tied for first right. and left. All together, right. like, what do we really know? Do we suddenly think that the Bengals are going to be better than they were? Do we think that the Steelers' offense is even worse than we thought it was? I mean, it's just, I feel as if we are still really, really early in the game, but that football is such a game of momentum, and there is something that can be so galvanizing like that Ravens win. And I think that there can be something so magical in to me, John Harbaugh yelling to Lamar Jackson, Lamar, Lamar, do you want to go for it? Okay, let's go. You knew he was going to go for it. I mean, the math says you go for it. You, you to, knew yes. he was going yeah. to go for it. But saying it made his quarterback all the more invested in the play, showed his ownership in the play, showed their connection, how symbiotic they are, where they are. And I just feel like the more you build this idea of we're all in this together, the better off you are. I don't disagree with that, by the way. And and I've I've said that we're 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 praising John a little bit too much for the decision because, as you point out, it's a it's an automatic decision. Which I'm not. I, people take when I say that people think you're taking a shot at him. I'm not at all. Like I'm not at all. He did the exact right thing, but like it shouldn't. We shouldn't be calling it that gutsy. It was the thing you had to do in that moment. But I do think there's value. Well, I, you know, it's funny because as you know, I live in Pittsburgh. I was at yeah. the Steelers game on Sunday, and Mike Tomlin was ripped for essentially doing the exact opposite. The Steelers were down by two scores. With about eight and a half minutes to go, he had a fourth and one at about the 39. I should actually figure out what it, I can't remember if it was the 34 or the 39, his own 34, 39. But down two scores. He has a fourth and one. He has a first-round running back. He has a quarterback who's taller than one yard. Yeah. And he has a brand-new rebuilt offensive line. And he decided to punt. I think he should so be he was ripped. obviously asked about it afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he said he was comfortable with his defense getting a stop, which the inverse to that is that you're not comfortable with your offense getting one yard. Correct. You you have control right now. You have control. Go get it. Go 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 get the yeah. job done. And I think you should be well, ready for that. Because again, the math says in that situation you go. Yes. But whatever, you know. So to say, all right, well, John Harbaugh made the automatic call. Well, sometimes there is an automatic call that a coach doesn't make. Uh, and that's, by the way, that to me is an unfortunate part about where we are in, in looking at the game of football, right? That like we're still reluctant to look at data and just understand like this is what you do, period. This is what you do. I think that's a bigger problem there. But I do think, to your point, that there's value in that moment and, and allowing uh, Lamar Jackson to be the one that kind of owned it, right? I think there is value that comes with that in the same way that this happened for the Ravens a couple years ago in Seattle in a similar situation. And that was with... That was before Lamar Jackson was Lamar Jackson, right? But, like, there is something about that that becomes galvanizing, that becomes something that a team can rally behind. I don't think that's nothing that you have a moment like that. I'm not, I don't know what the tangible value is, but I think you make a good point, which is that there is something that comes out of that that you can carry forward with you. I don't disagree in any way. Again, football is a game of momentum. And, you know, it's about stacking those wins. It's getting one after another after another. Here's, a, here's another interesting point that I brought up um, earlier on Twitter and I was ripped for. 
Cleveland under Kevin Stefanski, neither last year or early this year, two weeks in this year, has never lost two consecutive games. And for an organization that lost 16 games in a row and then won one in 15 and was constantly on losing streaks, I, even though it is only a year and two games in, that's pretty significant. No, you're right. That a coach is able to teach his team to wash away what happened on Sunday and focus on the next week. No. And so it's kind of that same idea that every week is a fresh week, but you still carry some, something. If you win, you want to carry that into you. If you lose, you want to carry not the dregs of it, but the, okay, this was a learning opportunity. What did we learn? So, you know, I I think it was a really, really big win, and I think a good coach like John Harbaugh is going to make sure that the Ravens don't have a hangover over it. Are you are you surprised by how bad Alejandro Villanueva looked week one at right tackle and then how good he looked week two at left tackle? Okay, look, he played six years on the left side, and I think that he's obviously more comfortable there. Yeah. That pass blocking, the muscle groups that you use, the things that you fire, I just don't think it's as easy to retrain your body as one might think. And I think he's probably more comfortable run blocking than he is pass blocking from the right side. But, again, I think it's a better question for him. I think kudos to John Harbaugh for moving him over there and giving him that chance and giving him the opportunity to look good and have some confidence in the way that he played there and sort of a reminder, okay, I'm not washed, I'm not done, I'm not what everybody's saying that I am. And I think it'll be interesting to see, yeah. uh, you know, how long, because it doesn't sound like Ronnie Stanley is coming back. He's definitely not coming back this week, and he may not come back the following week either, right? Yep, it's possible, yep. So. I was sort of, um, you know, like we'll have a better uh, idea for you or we'll have something for you in 10 days. So, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a good chance for him to get some more reps under his belt there. And I don't, again, I, I didn't, I think it's important that I not talk about things that I don't understand. Right. No, I so get it. I, I get don't it. understand all the muscle groups of playing offensive line and what that means. So, from what I have been told as a reporter, it is indeed harder to pass block than run block on the opposite side. That's interesting. It's interesting. It's something that they're going to have a decision to make at some point. If you know, if Ronnie Stanley does come back and how they handle that, and do they put him back over there? And you know, if you can get the guy that played right. at left tackle, of course you put him back over there. But the guy that we saw in week one, sure. no, you can't have. It's a really weird situation. All right, uh, well, Adi- and that's the thing too, right? If it's an adjustment to play on the right side, then should you get more practice reps on the right side, yeah. or is it just you know what he's way better? You know, he's in whatever. You know, you're a you're a a on the left, but you're a C on the right. Well, yep. then why even bother doing this? I don't know. I yep. don't know the answer. To that. I don't. I don't know either. I don't know either. And it's something we're going to be talking about for a couple of weeks around here. All right, uh, NFL Explained. Go listen to it. Go listen to it immediately. I'm going to do it. I'm absolutely going to listen to the the uprights episode. And Glenn, I'm expecting a text from you, and I, I want real honest feedback. This is a from promise. You what you this is a promise. You will get that from me. I promise you. Okay, At- because we want to be really, really good. We want to be a no-brainer listen, and the only way we do that is if we keep improving. And I, how do we improve if we don't get feedback? I guarantee you, you will get a text from me this week. All right. I, I look forward to knowing. It. And I, if, if not, I'll send Kyle, you. Kyle, you too. Kyle, you too. I look forward to knowing why the Bengals are the Bengals and not the Tigers. Oh, okay. All right. I'm listening to it. I, this is another promise. If you don't get a text from me about it this week, I will ship you uh, crab cakes like I did the one time when I lost that bet oh, to you. Oh, right. you did. You did. That was a All long right. time ago. All right. I'll do My that again. My husband loves them. 
All right. All right. At A King Cabal on Twitter is how you follow her. Uh, check her out there. You know where she's on NFL Network. You know that. Aditi, always appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time for us. Let's talk again You're soon. You're the best. Right? Thank you for giving the pod some promotion. Of course. Aditi King Cabal joining us here on GCR. Appreciate that. Um, uh, her taking the time for us this morning. This was an interesting thought from from Matt Myers. Um, Matt, we'll talk. Matt's going to the Willie Nelson show too on Friday. We'll, we'll get together. I promise. Uh, I have a weird take. Harbaugh actually almost demonstrated a lack of leadership by asking Lamar to go or not. Like, if they didn't convert, Harbaugh has created an out on ownership of the decision, even though, as you've said, there really isn't a decision. He should straight up be making that call immediately and allowing Greg Roman to make the play call so that Lamar can organize the squad and crush it. All the theatrics are a waste and can be looked at as a negative. Luckily, they converted, so it's cool, he asked. I have little doubt he would have taken ownership right. and, and that's, failed. If, you know? I know there, were, there have been moments where you could say John Harbaugh, he kind of threw Chris McAllister under the bus once upon a time. It's been a really long time since we've seen anything like that. John Harbaugh has done a much better job of taking ownership of these things. And so, I mean, and by the way, it's very... I, it's extraordinarily rare that you've seen anything else mm-hmm. from John Harbaugh. So I get what you're saying, and 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 maybe some of it is dumb luck that like it, it did work out, and so. But it's not really dumb luck. Again, the, it better have worked the, out. Really, the per- so it's reason. There's no reason to think it shouldn't have worked correct. out, other than the fact the offensive line was a bit in flux. Maybe I mean I guess right? you could say that. But the, what you had seen like, for the entirety the of the second Jackson half leading up to that to moment, one yard, yeah. right? Like. Um, it's an interesting thought. It's an interesting thought, but I just don't, I don't think that's the case. I don't think so. I think that, um, and I think also given what we've seen between the, particularly of the relationship with right. Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson, uh, I, I think this was different though than the Seattle one. I think in the Seattle one, it really was a question. Yeah. I think it was genuinely a question of, we're not really sure what we have yet, but if, if they want to do it, you know, and he said, like in the post, give it a thing, shot. And we had six people behind him saying, "Go for yeah, it, go I don't, for it, go I don't, for it." Didn't I didn't get the sense that this was as much a question as it was really theater. Like I really did think this was a bit of theater, and and a coach feeling a player a little bit and understanding what makes him tick and understand what makes him what makes him work. And I do th- I do credit John Harbaugh for that. Again, when I say he doesn't deserve the credit, I'm talking about specifically decision. The decision was obvious. You have to go for it there. We, we shouldn't be praising people for doing obvious things. The other part of it, I do think, worked and might be a little bit of a coach understanding a player and what makes them tick and, and what it was going to do for him to make him feel like he was the one that was making the decision in that situation. I do think that there is something to be said for that. There's something to be said for the Oktoberfest menu at Glory Days Grill. There's a lot to be said for it. My word. Oh, it's so good. Glory Days Grill's got that Oktoberfest menu right now, including the chicken schnitzel, two chicken cutlets, ham-breaded and herb panko and pan-fried until golden brown, served with mustard cream sauce, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. There's also the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, the Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, the Prussian Pretzel Rolls, the Slam Dunk Pretzels, the Apple Cobbler, and more. Get over to your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. You can dine out on the patio. You can dine inside the dining room, or you can order online at glorydaysgrill.com. Pick up your favorites to take home. Glorydaysgrill.com. We're going to talk a little Ryder Cup when we come back in. Still to come, Bruce Feldman from The Athletic. He wrote about Adafi Owe. That's all on the way. It's Glenn Clark Radio. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live on Pressbox Facebook page 
or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, September 21st at Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold. It's all brought to you by Pressbox, Express Exterior Design, and Grade 8's Memorabilia. It's back to school time, and to help you get educated on Window Nation, they're offering a scholarship for higher savings during Window Nation's back-to-school sale. Right now, get two free windows for every two you buy, wood or vinyl styles, buy four, get four free. There's no limit. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 24 months. That's like a free ride until 2023. With all the money you'll be saving, you can use it towards your kids' books, clothes, backpacks, shoes, or even treat yourself. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. Tell them Glenn Clark sent you. I love you more than rock and roll. I love you more than a swimming hole. I love you more than pinball, but not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Raven Scratch-Offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second chance cash and Raven's prizes. I love you more than gumballs, but not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. I love driving my tractor trailer. And just like you, I just want to make it to my destination safely. If you drive too closely to my truck, I can't see you, and you can't see what's in front of me. If I have to brake suddenly, our lives can be changed forever. If a truck stops quickly, can you? Don't tailgate trucks. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. The latest issue of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Bo Smolka profiles Ravens cornerback Marlon Humphrey, who may well be the Ravens' next true defensive superstar in the lineage of Ray Lewis, Ed Reed, and Terrell Suggs. Also inside, we introduce you to Maryland Navy, Towson, and Morgan State football players and everything you need to know for football betting as it launches in Maryland. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. You are out. You are listening to Glenn Clark Radio at GlennClarkRadio.com. Project Game Day is back this Sunday, and it's the season debut for the NFL chick, Sarita Hubbard. She will join me post-game after Baltimore-Detroit. I'll be with you at halftime. Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports, PressBoxOnline.com slash radio for the postgame show. It's all brought to you by Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, and Underdog Fantasy Football. We'll see you on Sunday for Project Game Day. Really quickly, uh, John Proctor uh, brought up... Um, I, I, we are... My, the point that I made when Kevin Van Valkenburg compared Lamar Jackson to Matt Ryan is like, we, we can't ignore that there were moments where Matt Ryan was utterly brilliant. Now it helped that he had really good players to throw the ball to, and he was playing indoor football, all of those things. Um, but he points out that, like, remember we were debating Joe Flacco versus Matt Ryan for some time. Of course, when, you, when, you're, when the comparison is somebody who won a Super Bowl, that guy gets the edge. Almost always, almost always, because the Super Bowl is the trump card. It was more of an apples to apples comparison as far as the yeah when they came into the league well, at yes. the same time, all of those things. 
Um, Lamar Jackson, if he wins the Super Bowl, there's there's no debate. But I I just I thought that Matt Ryan was the wrong comparison only because Matt Ryan, like in fairness, was the quarterback for some pretty electric offenses. Yes, there's been a lot of disappointment, but he was the quarterback for some pretty electric offenses over the years. All right, uh, joining us now, the, hey, the Ryder Cup uh, gets underway on Friday. I want to talk a little bit about that, a little bit about uh, uh, golf this fall here in the area. Joining us now can tell us all about those things. He is Dave Hutzel, and he's the PGA Golf Pro at Pine Ridge. He's with us now here on GCR. Dave, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's great to chat with you, man. Thank you so much for taking a couple of minutes for us this morning. Matt. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So you, the thing that you are most excited about this week with the Ryder Cup is what? Just the competition. Uh, you know, it's it's a it's a different animal this week uh, as compared to every other week on the PGA Tour, European Tour. Uh, the team aspect uh, is like nothing else we see. There's one PGA Tour event where you play with a partner uh, in New Orleans, but uh, you're talking about bringing. 12 of the best players from the U.S. and 12 of the best players from Europe and uh, going head-to-head and, you know, different formats. Uh, you don't get to see, you know, the, the match play format enough on the PGA Tour, I think, uh, just because of, you know, TV structure. You, you know, matches can end quickly or, or, or certainly go a little longer. But, uh, you know, it's just a nice change of pace. I mean, we, you know, the Ryder Cup's every two years, President's Cup's every two years, all, or every other year, I should say. But, uh yeah, it's just exciting to see the guys come together, see that camaraderie. They're not playing for a paycheck; they're playing for the country, and uh, it just—it's just a totally different animal and, and, and very compelling to watch. Can, can you explain? I've always like you know, uh, Dave. I'm a I'm a tennis fan, right? And the Davis Cup mm-hmm. never clicked this way. They're trying something different now. They're trying the um, the the Laver Cup in order to make it work, right? What? Why? Why in a sport where it would be so easy? For guys to say, I've had this long year. I've played a bunch of tournaments. I'm I'm good. I I just might as well duck out and maybe take some time off. Why is it that the best players have always cared so deeply about the Ryder Cup being a part of what they do in the fall? Well, I think uh, you know it's part of it is just because the opportunity doesn't come along very often. And uh, I actually just saw a little video that the uh, European team put together. Um, where, you know, there's only been, I think, 164 players that have played for a European Ryder Cup team. And, you know, it was one of their motivational things that, you know, each player has a number, you know, as to when they qualified for the team and, and what year. But, uh, you know, I think it was Ian Poulter or McElroy kind of posted it on social media this morning. It was really, really well put together. And, you know, McElroy was number 144. At, you know, it's been 160-some players now. And, and just to see, you know, how how motivated they are by that. Uh, like I said, I mean, there's 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 no money involved, but it's 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 very much um, a team event, and they just don't get the opportunity to play in things like that. You know, some of the guys do play in the Walker Cup, obviously as amateurs, but uh, as a professional and to to represent your country. Uh, or you know, in, in, you know the U.S. and then obviously Europe. It's it's so much different, and I, I mean I I don't know of anybody off the top of my head that says, eh, you know, not really my my bag. I don't want to do it. And, you know, they don't. There's not too many that pass up that opportunity, at least that I know of. Is there any concern at all? Like, there's probably plenty of concerns to the American team. They've they struggled a bit over the years in this event. Mm-hmm. But are there any concerns at all about the 
Bryson DeChambeau, Brooks Kepka dynamic and, and how that might impact the team? Well, uh, I'm sure there's some concern, but I uh, watched a little bit of the press conference yesterday and uh, seen some quotes from Captain Steve Stricker, and uh, I think uh, I think the guys are going to be able to put that behind him. Uh, uh, it was interesting earlier, in, you know, last week I, I saw an interview with Butch Harmon, who's who's worked with Brooks Kepka over the years on his golf game, and uh, he said I'd put them out together, make them make them figure it out, kind of thing. I thought that was kind of an interesting take on it, but. Uh, you know, it's one of those weeks where, you know, it's not about you. It's about the team. And, and I, I certainly hope that those guys realize that. I think they're professionals. I think they will. Um, and I think, you know, it's probably time for this little spat to, to go away. Uh, but I, I hope it I hope it certainly doesn't play an issue or is not an issue this week. He is Dave Hudsell. He is, of course, the PGA Golf Pro at Pine Ridge. And he's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio um, uh, Dave, just if I could, I, I know it, you know it happened out at Caves, but your, your thoughts on what you saw from the BMW? There were so many opinions about the course being too easy, the guys carving it up, and we want to see more incredible golf events here in our backyard, right? Like I, you know, I got out there with my father; it was a magical experience. You know, he was he was so into it, and it was you know it was so cool to see these massive crowds and how much it was embraced by this area. What did you make of all the conversation about how easy the course was and whether or not that's a that's a good thing or something that they would want to bring an event like that here to town? Well, uh, you know, there are certain weeks on tour where scoring is easier and, and weeks where it's not. I mean, obviously, you know, your major championships um, are, are challenging, typically. Uh, the U.S. Open comes to mind, of course where, you know, the USGA tries to set a golf course up where par is a good score. Uh, week in and week out on the PGA Tour, par is typically not a great score. Right. You shoot a couple even par rounds, you're going home on Friday. So, But there are still rarely um, tournaments where literally every player finishes under par. That's still pretty rare. That That is true. That is true. But, again, it was a limited field. Yeah. Uh, 70 yep. players and best players from the entire year. So, um you know, that, that factors into it a bit, but, um, you know, there's certain things that are out of a golf course's control or superintendent's control. I mean, they do their best to set up a challenging test, but, uh, you know, with, uh, the golf course being a little soft, you know, we had quite a bit of rain recently at that time. And, and with the heat, um, you gotta be careful with your, your greens and, and, uh, you know, give, you know, making sure they're, they're still getting some water. Um, but, uh, you know, Caves is a great golf course. Um, you know, you just, you just saw some incredible golf and, and, you know, that's part of the reason why I think the, the tournament, uh, was so well received and it was exciting. Uh, there was, there was quite a race between Cantlay and DeChambeau and the playoff, obviously. Um, I, I, that was one of the more exciting tournaments on tour, I think this year. Yeah, it was great. It was inc- incredible theater. There's no question about that. It was unbelievably mm-hmm. compelling coming down the stretch on Sunday. Uh, at D Hutzel PGA, that's how you follow him on Twitter. Dave Hutzel is with us here on GCR. Dave, we're coming to a time of year where uh, it's getting cold. Um, I, by the way, I I have hit plenty of golf balls in my life at Pine Ridge, um, and I I know it gets difficult for the average person to want to be out playing golf. Um, give me some suggestions that you might have for for people that want to keep their game together that don't want to have it fall apart over the course of the next few months, but it's it's getting to be the type of weather where they're probably not going to want to be out playing golf uh, as frequently as they, they would otherwise. 
Well, you know, the fall is a great time. I think we've got a solid two months ahead of us of, of you know, quality golf weather. You know, yes, it might be a little chilly in the morning, but uh, afternoon temperatures are going to typically stay at least in the 60s and 70s into late October, uh, early November. Uh, dressing appropriately is one. Uh, but, you know, in terms of working on your game, uh, you know, Getting some quality instruction, that's, uh, that's important. I know, uh, we tend to, in this game, try to do things ourselves and, and, uh, you know, we have plenty of great instructors at our golf academy. You can find at baltimoregolfacademy.com. Uh, you know, if you look up and down the, the practice tee at a PGA Tour event, you're going to see coaches out there, quite a few of them. So the best players in the world need help at times. Um, there's, you may need to look in the mirror every once in a while and realize that, uh, you need a little bit of help along the way too. And, you know, seeking out a quality PGA professional is important or an LPGA professional is very important to uh, helping you with your game, helping you understand what you're doing and, and what you maybe could be doing to help lower your scores is, uh, is extremely important because lower scores mean better enjoyment of the game. And, and that's really what we all want to do is have a great time out there playing. No doubt about it. And I would think that Pine Ridge and Baltimore's Classic Five would be a good place to maybe go work on some of those things. Absolutely. Absolutely. we got a great driving range, practice facilities, and great golf course. And, uh, you know, we, we love to see new faces out there uh, along with the uh, regulars that we have. And, uh, you know, we, we're, we're always ready to help. All right. Now let's get to the important part. How much did uh, Forrester let the entire Baltimore golf community down by going out there and getting his ass kicked in Omaha the way that he did? <laughs> Well, I, I, you know, I think Drew handled himself very well. He's oh, stop. You don't, you don't need to say nice things about him. You don't have to do that. <laughs> Gee. Well, I can speak from experience. I've, I've been out yeah, there. I've played course. a couple major championships. Yep. Yep. It's a different animal, you know, seeing it up at the Mount and, uh, or Pine Ridge or, you know, locally and then going out with the big boys. It's a bit of an eye-opening experience your first time. And, uh you know, it's it's a it's an incredible experience. I'm glad that he got to do it. And uh, you know, anytime someone local has that opportunity, I think it's it's fantastic for the community. You mean to tell me it's not the exact same playing at Whistling Straits as it is at Pine Ridge? I refuse to believe that. I refuse. Uh, to not quite. Not quite. <laughs> there is water on a few holes like Pine Ridge, but other than that, yeah, very very a different. A little bit experience. more challenging test. Yeah, for those that don't know, Dave played in two PGA championships in uh, 2010, 2011, and and, um, you know, I, you played in them. <laughs> you, yeah, you made it. Yeah. You made it. That's what matters. Mm-hmm. You made it. No doubt yeah, about it. Was, it. It was a it was a great time. Got to spend the time there with my family and uh, yeah, friends. And, you know, it's it's awesome. That's it's incredible. A, it's a great place. Kohler, you know, very inviting. Um, and a great, great piece of property. Beautiful golf course. I think the fans are going to really enjoy watching golf there this week. Uh, he is Dave Hutzel. And, again, you can find him on Twitter at PGA. And uh, go check him out over at Pine Ridge and support Baltimore's Classic 5 golf courses. Dave, really appreciate you taking a couple of minutes for us. Enjoy the Ryder Cup this weekend, all right? Thank you. You too, Glenn. Appreciate it. Dave Hudson, uh checking in with us here ahead of the Ryder Cup this weekend. Appreciate him taking the time for us. All right. Uh, today's show also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy Football. Did you play it all this weekend, Kyle? I keep losing. Oh, boy. Well, oh, boy. I actually, last night I blamed the Orioles. 
Oh, did, wait, what happened? I did paired you play? it with, there was a five and a half over-under for the oh. starter for the Phillies strikeouts. Oh, oh, oh. And that seemed like a pretty saucy yeah, opportunity. Yeah, that is. I don't, I don't do it. Was and it he ra- got five. And I was told by Zach Goodman. Ranger Suarez is Ranger good. Suarez yeah. was quite good. I looked good. it up. I had to double check and make sure I wasn't just betting on nobody. Yeah. And he's like one of the top pitchers. Like, by the way, it's not, it's not like he got roughed up or anything along no, those lines. Five yeah. strikeouts. We have two runs. I could have been on means, but I'm a jerk. Yeah. And both my Hawkinson and Swift ones hit, so I would have won. But I'm a, I'm an idiot. Way so to go. Is what it is. Way to go. So your you had a, your three way parlay was cross sport. Yeah. It was what? Do you remember what it was for Hawkinson? Uh, fifty six and a half yards. And what was over. it for Swift? Swift was sixty seven and a half total yards. Boy, you must you might have sweat that one out a little bit. It's, he didn't went, a, I didn't think he was. I mean, I didn't care because I'd already lost. But oh, yeah. you know, yeah. I didn't sweat. But it turned out he got it at the end because the last drive he ended yeah. up with like eighty or something like that. But yeah, <sighs> boy, yeah, that's next a, time. I'll that get him next a time. Bitter pill. That's a bitter Still got pill. Like twenty bucks left on my whole. Yeah, thing. and that's yeah. the cool. The cool thing about it is you put in a couple bucks and you get a chance to win, win some real money. You don't win, you, you go back at it the next time. Um, you're getting free money right now for playing underdog fantasy football. Free money. Go right now to underdogfantasy.com, put in PressBox as the code. PressBox. Very simple. And then what you're going to do is you're going to take your $10, deposit it, and get $10 free. You're going to double your money by using the code PressBox at underdogfantasy.com. You can also uh, go to pressboxonline.com fantasy, click on the underdog link. It works the same way, but the code is press box you're feeling a little bit emptiness because we don't have uh, legal sports betting just yet in maryland let underdog fantasy football help fill that void use the code press box ten dollars free when you deposit 10 bucks underdogfantasy.com let's talk a little uh adafi Owe and some college football of course our next guest um wrote a really uh, interesting thought at um, the athletic about the ravens edge rusher and his big game on sunday night and some of the things that we were concerned about when it comes to Adafi Owe uh, coming out of college. Joining us now, college football writer for The Athletic. You've seen him on Fox. You know this man. He's Bruce Feldman, and he's back with us here on GCR. Bruce, it's Glenn and Kyle. It's great to chat with you as always, sir. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us. Good morning, guys. Good to be on with you. Bruce, what, you know, th- what was really interesting to me is what inspired you? Was was Adafi always someone that you had wanted to write about because of some of the things that you knew about him, and and you were maybe waiting for like his big breakout performance in order to be able to do it? Like, what inspired? I don't know if we call it a column or I, I, I said it was a thought. It wasn't a particularly long piece, but it was a really interesting thought that you wrote about. What inspired that? Uh, you know, he, to me, he was such a polarizing subject. I did a draft. Uh, story last year going into the draft and talked to a bunch of NFL uh, coaches and scouts and two guys couldn't have been more opposite in how they saw him. And one, one guy was a, uh, was a linebackers coach who had worked him out at pro day. And the other guy was a defensive line coach and defensive line coach. The, the, the uh, linebackers coach was like, saw him as really this boomer bust guy. Um, you know, I've written about uh, uh, OA for a couple of years because he's been kind of a fixture on my freaks list. Mm-hmm. I mean, the numbers he put up at Penn state for a six, five, you know, 257 pound guy to run in the mid four threes in the 40 is, is insane. And so initially you would get some skepticism. People are like, no way. He's more like a, he's lucky if he's a four, five, five guy, not a four, three, five guy. Well, I've done this long enough where I've, I've seen those crazy Penn state numbers 
people people doubted the Saquon Barkley stuff I had written or a few other guys, and then they would go to the NFL Combine and they would either run the exact same numbers or tie, test even better. So with this guy and I, you know, people I trust in the program. Um, really swore by his athleticism. And then when I talked to, um, and you'd hear people go, yeah, but he doesn't have the sack numbers. In 2020, they had they played seven games, he had zero sacks. And so when I talked to this defensive line coach in the NFL, he said, listen, he goes, the people who are, who are really saying there's no production there and he's not, he's not a playmaker and it doesn't translate, don't watch the film. Watch the Indiana game. He hits the quarterback 10 times. You know, and so if you're if you're that disruptive, you know, especially if you're if you're in an ideal system when you have that kind of athleticism, and he goes, and this guy and this coach was like, this is the fastest edge player that we've seen in a long time. It's like he's faster than most safeties, and so w- with that as a backdrop, when I'm watching the game the other night, and obviously it's you, you were talking about. You know, two of the freakiest quarterback athletes in, in, sure. in any yeah. you know we've ever seen, right? And he's he makes two huge plays in the game. Like there it is, you know. Yeah, and it's even like ironic because he didn't technically have a sack, but those were two of the biggest plays of the game. And I think it kind of underscored. I I, cl- I reached back out to that same uh, NFL D line coach, and he was like, not surprised at all. And then we talked about. Away again, and this is, by the way, is a guy, not a guy who gets to coach him, but just said, you know, in that system, you know, what the Ravens do, he is a perfect fit. This is a perfect place for him, and so um, just it seems like another example of the Ravens striking gold in the first round when other people maybe didn't see the obvious. Bruce, what's interesting to me about Oa, and we were having this conversation a bit um, post game on Sunday night is that when you draft an edge rusher, I feel like um, analysts, fans, whoever, they're going to simply look at sack numbers, and they're going to you – know, and I'm not just even talking about what have, you know, not having a sack. I mean, even projecting, moving forward, that you're going to judge the pick three years down the road. If he didn't have a, a 12, 14-sack season at any point, you're going to say, well, this, this was a failed pick, right? You drafted an edge rusher, and he never became a monster sack guy. It, it feels like we have tied edge rush to sacks entirely. And I wonder if what we're seeing in Adafi Owe and what you're talking about is that maybe he's more of an Adelius Thomas type of player. Maybe he's someone that that is going to have some sacks, right? He already had one in the first game. Um, He's going to have some sacks, but his value is going to be more significant in terms of being a playmaker, doing some of those things that we saw on on Sunday night, that you're not going to be able to define Adafi Owe and who he is as a player over the next three years by sacks alone. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And, you know, again, this came up uh, with the coach I talked to yesterday. He talked about he, he's extremely long. Well, when he makes that play on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, you know, it's almost like he's like it's like a jousting stick comes in and knocks the ball out. You know, just to have that kind of ability to make that play, I mean, you know, it, I, I don't want to say it's lazy, but I feel like a lot of us just default to the numbers sometimes mm-hmm. because it's easy to, you know, you may not have watched the game. Look, you know, a lot of, a lot of people play fantasy sports. So you're kind of really rooted in the box score as much as anything. And so much of it is like, let me see who did well the day before, but you don't know, you don't know if the defensive lineman caused, you know, a false start and two holding penalties. That guy may not have had 
may have had one tackle and no sacks, but if he caused, you know, a couple of, you know, a bunch of penalties on the offense or required so much help from a running back or a tight end that somebody else made plays, um, you know, I think that that kind of is, you know, it's a reminder and you hear this from coaches a lot. And sometimes us in the media tend to like, I don't know, I don't know if it's just lazy or it's just uninformed, but I think sometimes that happens. And again, I'm not saying this guy's going to go to the hall of fame, but I think it's just fascinating to, you know, we saw it within week two on a huge game on national TV. And I thought that's what kind of like got me off the couch. And I was like, man, um, this is, this is really interesting just because so many people were like, yeah, he could be out of the league in three years just because he's like, you know, like some kind of latter-day Mike Mamula or something. And obviously, <clears throat> can't be underscored enough that this is just his second pro game, right? Like a guy this athletic with this sort of potential. I mean, how realistically and, and reasonably excited should Ravens fans be about what he could become, right? He still seems to s- utilize his speed most on his pass rush. Like, if he gets a pass rushing arsenal, could we be talking about one of the better defensive players in football? Yeah, and he, exactly. He's and he's still young. He's still probably going to get a little bigger. He's certainly going to get you know get stronger. And I think again in the place that he is, like if there's certain defenses, I'm not sure he would have. You know, I don't think he would would have been as high on some other teams' boards just because of what they would have asked him to do or expected because of their scheme. This is like a you know a, such a good situation for him. Um, you know, I, again, I, I'm really interested to see what he becomes and what we're talking about with him over the next, you know, over the next three months to see where he, what he looks like by the end of his rookie year. Because I just think he is just scratching the surface of what he can do. We have linked the piece up at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter for you to check it out. If you're not subscribed to The Athletic, you're an insane person. I don't know what you're doing with your life. Uh, Bruce Feldman with us here on GCR. Bruce, since we have you, we have to ask, on a scale of like 10 to 1,000, just how excited should we allow ourselves to be getting about what Mike Loxley is doing at Maryland right now? It's a really cool story. I mean, they had the nice win. You know, it's not like people are going to say Illinois is, is a top 10 program, but they're 3-0 for the first time in a long time. And he has got the offense playing pretty well. I mean, we know we got a really talented group of receivers that he's, that he's got there. And I think, you know, to me, just thinking big picture of what Michael Oxley has been through, what that program has been through. And then, you know, I written something in the off season about, you know, because of what the Loxley family had been through with the, with the tragic loss of their son and how he and the university of Maryland have really jumped to the forefront of trying to address some really important mental health issues. Um, you know, I think it's, I think it could be a very cool thing as that program continues to ascend what he can do with that platform. Now, beyond that, I mean, it's really interesting. Ohio state did not look good against Oregon and they lost, but the, but the rest of that division with the exception of Indiana has looked very good. Yeah, Michigan I mean, state. Michigan has found an identity. Michigan state yeah. has looked really good. Uh, Rutgers is undefeated and, and certainly Maryland um, and Penn state has two top, top 20 wins as well as, uh, so it's like the, the big 10 
East has gotten way more interesting, and it was already kind of interesting coming into the year. I guess my question is, so they're going to play Kent State this Saturday. You certainly hope that they're not going to trip up there, but after that, it's Iowa and Ohio State in back-to-back weeks. Are are, are they at a place, who knows who's going to win? I'm not trying to suggest that you know we say they could win these games, but do, have you seen enough from Maryland to believe that they can go be competitive in these games, that this isn't going to turn around and we're going to hit like the reality where they go get pounded you know, 59-3, to three, something along those lines. I feel like that alone would be progress at this point for a Maryland team to go be competitive in games against teams like Iowa and Ohio State. I'm going to say something that's probably going to make not people not feel great about this, but be careful with Kent State. Kent State is, is a very good MAC team. And by the way, they, when they played, and if people look at the final score, what happened when they opened that Texas A&M, that game was 10-3 to 3 at halftime. Okay. So if, if, if you get caught looking ahead, you're going to lose that game. Yeah. Like Kent State is, is, is good enough. I mean, like I said, they gave for a half, they gave Texas A&M all they could hand. Um, now just looking at, at the other two games that I feel like Maryland matches is a tougher, it would be a tougher matchup for Ohio state than maybe for Iowa. The Buckeyes have had all sorts of issues on defense and, and giving up a lot of, lot of big plays. They're secondary, their linebackers are really struggling. They've already flipped defensive play callers, Matt Barnes, who's obviously a name Turp fans remember. Yep who had become really the de facto defensive coordinator in that, you know, ugly year of, uh, I guess it was 2018, um, with the tragedy of Jordan McNair. He's now really uh, calling the defense in Ohio State. And as I said, when you have a really good group of receivers, you have a talented, dynamic quarterback, uh, I could see them giving Ohio State problems. I I don't know if they can slow down that offense, but look, I mean, they have a little bit of a blueprint. If you can – tackle better than Tulsa did. Tulsa dropped eight, gave Ohio State some problems. Gave Certainly gave uh, C.J. Stroud, the young quarterback, a little bit of problems. So uh, that'll be interesting. Iowa could be as well. I mean, it's not like Iowa's a juggernaut on offense. So, I mean, I think the key thing for them is, and this is going to be a challenge for Loxie, I know he knows it, is just you really got to take one at a time and can't get caught peeking ahead. Sure. Let's be honest. It's like they're not that good. Yeah. They, if they don't have their A game, they're gonna probably lose. No, you pointed out they struggled on Friday. They struggled out in Champaign. But the the point that we've made a couple times, Bruce, I've watched a lot of Maryland football in my life. Uh, the overwhelming majority of Maryland football teams would have lost that game on Friday night in Champaign, and they figured out a way on a night where goofy things were going on. They figured out a way to win a football game, and I do think that's a step forward for them. Uh, Bruce Feldman, what can we plug for you, sir? I know it's, of course, at Bruce Feldman CFB on Twitter. Uh, broadcast, anything, another book? Like, is there something that we can get a plug-in for you for? No, I appreciate just plug my work at The Athletic. If you haven't subscribed yet, uh, I think we have a 50% off deal on subscriptions. Uh, for an annual subscription, go read the away story or go read uh, about the UFC coaching search um, there's a name other uh, James Franklin might be uh, might be the tar- might be the main target of that before too long so interesting um, yeah it'll get interesting over the next couple months I suspect very good uh, Bruce really appreciate you taking the time for us this morning sir thanks for doing it and look forward to chatting with you again real soon all right always a pleasure guys thanks for having me Bruce Feldman checking in with us here on GCR again go check out that uh, Adafi Owe story at The Athletic today. 
All right, uh, today's show also brought to you by... Oh, this one's brought to you by Window Nation, where they are celebrating back to school by offering you two free windows for every two you buy, wood or vinyl styles, and you can get buy four, get four free, buy eight, get eight free, buy 164, get 164 free. There's no limit. Get an A-plus in savings and pay 0% interest for 24 months, 866-90NATION or windownation.com. We're going to come back in. We'll, um, I guess we'll do tidbit. We'll, we'll figure it out. But we got a lot to do, and, and we'll make it all happen. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. Glory Days Grill's popular Oktoberfest menu is back, and it features their delicious chicken schnitzel, two chicken cutlets, hand-breaded in herb panko, and pan-fried until golden brown, served with mustard cream sauce, mashed potatoes, and roasted vegetables. Their menu also includes your favorites, like the Oktoberfest Brewer's Platter, Brewer's Sausage Sandwich, Prussian Pretzel Roll, Slam Dunk Pretzels, and Apple Cobbler. All of these meals pair well with their many Oktoberfest beers and Angry Orchard on drag. Dine on their patios or in their dining room, or order online at glorydaysgrill.com and pick up your favorites to take home. Glory Days Grill has been proud to serve the community for the last 25 years. Thank you, fans. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, it's KZ. The Press Box Fantasy Football Show is back, as always, on Thursdays. You can catch it at 1130. We're brought to you this year, CCBC and Glory Days Grill. You can catch the show two ways, Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports or PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. The slash radio is if you want to listen. On Facebook is if you actually want to see my ugly face. We're going to have a lot of fun this year. DFS, daily lineups, keepers, all kinds of fun stuff. Please tune in, Press Box Fantasy Football Show every Thursday, 11.30 a.m. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. What's up, everybody? This is Taz Bowser. I can't wait to see you guys for the Taz Bowser show this fall. We're going to be taking the show on the road all over the area. You can meet me and my very special guests. If you can't make it out, you can watch the show on live 
out on PressBox Facebook page or listen the next day. Find out more about where we'll be by checking out PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. We'll see you all season long for the Tyus Bowser Show. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, September 21st at Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold. It's all brought to you by PressBox, Express Exterior Design, and Great 8's Memorabilia. Nothing but net. Mobile One Full Synthetic Motor Oil helps extend engine life. Visit your local Jiffy Lube service center. Ask for Mobile One. If you missed it last night, Stan and Fan Ross Grimsley had a great chat talking some baseball. It's available Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports, PressboxOnline.com. And coming up this Wednesday, Stan and Gary Stein will be chatting with um oh, they'll be chatting with Tommy Shepard, the general manager of the Washington Wizards. That'll be Wednesday night for that show. Stan Shows is always brought to you by C3 American Exteriors. Let's go ahead and get a tidbit. Tidbit is brought to you today. You know what? I already did two sponsors, so that's who brought you tidbit. Tidbit. Yeah, that's you. No, you're. Go ahead. Yeah, your your microphone. The Ravens, of course, got back on the horse on Sunday night, evened their record to 1-1 and following a precarious week one, and it was coming on a short week. It bars mentioning, or bears mentioning, Lamar Jackson now on shorter rest than their opponent during the regular season is undefeated, 12-0 and hmm. when playing on shorter rest. So that yeah, but he's gonna have like longer that. rest this week. That's fine. We'll live. don't care for that. The average touchdown drive length for the Ravens in 2020. Well, the Ravens are the third shortest of any team, 63.1. A credit to I suppose the defense and special teams of sorts, but regardless, it's just the facts. Only the Saints and Buccaneers have shorter field position than Baltimore through two weeks. Hmm. Of course, the Ravens on Sunday will square off against the Lions, who lost last night. And as nine-point favorites, so since the start of 2017, Baltimore is 21-9-3 and against the spread in road games, the best cover percentage in football during that span. Now how about that? And by the way, this is the first time ever in John Harbaugh's tenure as the Ravens have allowed 30 points in back-to-back games, so hopefully they stop that streak. Yeah, no Sunday. doubt about that. Tyson Williams impressed on Sunday night. He has now, through two weeks, averaged 6.45 yards per carry, third most of any running back with at least 15 rushes through two weeks. Which two runners averaged more? Um, uh, this is weird because I'm going to guess that Derrick Henry had too many carries. It's not Derrick Henry. Yeah, I'm going to guess that. That's what I was guessing, Kyle. That was the point. Yeah, but you I normally was, say, but I'll still say it, Derrick. No, I didn't. I didn't say it that I was saying that but I was. If I had said nothing, you would have. Uh, no, I don't actually think that's true in that case. I was pretty convinced that that, that wasn't the uh, situation there. That's Prove why it. I said it the way that I did. And it's specifically running backs that we're talking about? Yeah. Okay. Um, Nick Chubb. Second place okay. at 6.85. Um, I'm assuming Dalvin Cook had too many carries. Uh, if that's what you're guessing, it's not Dalvin Cook. Ah, how about? I mean, I just think he's good. Christian McCaffrey. No. Uh, Joe Mixon. No. 
That's the problem with having... I'm trying to think of another situation where there's like a split. Uh, Tony Pollard. Correct. Yeah. 7.69. Tony Pollard. Two weeks. What do you do about Ezekiel Elliott, man? I don't feel great about it. But no. Yeah. Jesus. I mean, I get that we all were kind of concerned coming in, but boy, that is that is rough. That is really rough. All right, very good. That's that's Tidbit. Tidbit was also brought to you today by the Baltimore Ravens. Every seat is the best seat at M&T Bank Stadium. Don't miss a moment of Ravens football this season. Single-game tickets are now available at BaltimoreRavens.com slash tickets. We'll come back in, uh, get you totally tubular, and wrap it up. It's Glenn Clark Radio. C3 American Exteriors is the area's best and most trusted roof and siding specialists. C3 is also an insurance adjuster's worst nightmare and a homeowner's dream come true. With all of the bad weather, chances are you have some roof and siding damage. Call C3 American Exteriors now to get your roof and siding repairs for the cost of your deductible. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. C3 guarantees a 48-hour rapid response. Call 401-9797 or go to c3america.com for a free analysis. I've driven my tractor trailer millions of miles and I've seen it all. The next time you change lanes when driving, remember because of the sheer weight and size of my truck, I'm not able to stop quickly if you cut me off and brake suddenly. One wrong decision could change our lives forever. Trucks need room to stop. Don't cut it close. Brought to you by the Maryland Department of Transportation State Highway Administration. I love you more than selfie poses. I love you more than spraying hoses. I love you more than bird calls. But not as much as football. Celebrate your love of football with Ravens scratch-offs from the Maryland Lottery. Win up to $100,000 instantly or second-chance cash and Ravens prizes. I love you more than snowballs. But not as much as football. Play Raven Scratch-Offs at any Maryland Lottery retailer. Please play responsibly. Once again this season, PressBox's Project Game Day is the destination at halftime and postgame for every Baltimore football game. You want to talk about the game without all the nonsense, coach speak, and fluff of your typical show? Tune into Project Game Day. Glenn Clark is with you at halftime, and he's once again joined postgame by your favorite analysts like the NFL chick Sarita Hubbard, Ken Zalis, and more. Watch the show at Facebook.com slash PressBoxSports and listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash Radio. Pressbox's Project Game Day, every game day, presented by Glory Days Grill and Window Nation. As one of only seven equestrian events of its kind, the inaugural Maryland Five Star at Fair Hill will give you unparalleled access to Olympic athletes in action. Come see the world's best horses and riders compete at the new Fair Hill Special Event Zone this October 14th through 17th in Elkton, Maryland. Don't miss the exhilarating cross-country competition, the elegance of dressage, and the precision of show jumping. There's something for the whole family, including great shopping, the Fresh Food Fest, beer, wine, and spirits, showcase and so much more come enjoy a beautiful fall day at the maryland five star at fair hill october 14th through 17th buy your tickets now at maryland five star.us with the number five tweet us at glenn clark radio 21st century talk radio at glenn clark radio.com glenn clark radio.com 
All right, winding down for a Tuesday edition of the program. Don't forget that on Thursday we'll be back with the Press Box Fantasy Football Show. Maybe Ken Zales can explain the Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott situation a little bit more to us. We do it every Thursday morning, 11.30 a.m., brought to you by CCBC Glory Days Grill and Underdog Fantasy Football. Looking forward to, oh, and the Maryland Department of Transportation, of course, as well. Looking forward to being back with KZ on Thursday morning for the Pressbox Fantasy Football Show, facebook.com slash Sports or pressboxonline.com slash radio. Here's what's coming up tonight, totally tubular. The Orioles continue their series with the Phillies. They're doing a bullpen game tonight. Connor Green will be the first one on the mound. I still don't think the Phillies have announced who's pitching for them as of yet. I don't. They're, they're supposed to be good. I thought it was Wheeler. Uh, he is tomorrow against uh, Keegan Aiken. I don't know who's starting for the Phillies tonight. Could not tell you, but it's 7 o'clock on Masson. Masson 2's got uh, Nationals-Marlins at 640. ESPN Blue Jays-Rays at 1. Fox Sports 1, a friendly between the U.S. women and Paraguay. And I believe the last... Didn't they just play each other last week and, like, the U.S. won 13-0 or something like that? It was something... I don't know. I believe that's a thing that occurred, and Carly Lloyd had, like, five goals or something along those lines. I... I'll... I... Whatever. They played somebody last week, and that occurred, but... Anyway, they're playing again tonight in a friendly. I'll double check on that. Or Brian Powell will tell me here in a second. I don't. I don't have it on top of my uh, on top, off the top of my head. Uh, also, Giants Padres tonight at ten on FS1. Are the Padres done? Done yet? Are they done ski? I mean, I don't know if they're mathematically eliminated, but it feels like they're yeah. just about done ski. We didn't talk at all about the Manny Machado Fernando Tatis thing from the other night, where because everybody in Baltimore is a horrendous person, they immediately are like, oh, is Manny Machado's bad guy, and then like legitimately everyone that knows anything about baseball is like. No, that's exactly what Manny Machado was supposed to do in that moment. Mm-hmm. You guys, you show your ass a lot. A lot. Um, ESPN Plus, UMBC, Lehigh Soccer tonight at 7, and the USA Network for WWE NXT at 8. Some non-sports highlights. Uh, only Murders in the Building, new episode tonight on Hulu I'm, or streaming I'm now. I'm not totally caught up, but I'm about caught up. And I think it's pretty fun. It's fine. It's pleasant, yeah. even. It's certainly... I enjoy it. I mean, I enjoy a good murder mystery. What can I say? Yeah, it's if you think you're getting knives out, you ain't getting knives okay. out. And if you think you're getting like the slapstick Martin Short, Steve Martin no, thing, not you're that. not getting that either. You're getting something that's agreeable. That's it's a good it's a good watch. I wish it was something I could watch more distractedly because I just don't. Well, that's a you problem. It doesn't warrant. But that's my deter- my, But it doesn't warrant my total attention. I've enjoyed it. It's. I'm not saying it's bad. It's just. Well, I'm saying it's, it's good. Yeah. All right. Uh, Real Sports with Brian Gumbel, 10 o'clock on HBO. The part three of Muhammad Ali documentary on PBS is at 8 o'clock. Impeachment. The way, Brian Powell episode. tells me I was right. It was Paraguay. They beat him 13-0. First time for everything. Uh, impeachment, American Crime Story at 10 on I'm caught FX. up on that. I haven't um, watched any of it. It's, it's, been, it's been good. It's been... Yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's interesting. You know all the... Like you know the story, right? Like it's you know the story, so you're not really learning anything as much as it's it's a compelling, well acted show. Uh, Leon Bridges is on Colbert. Stop the things. Check it all out. GlennClarkRadio.com. Get to see Leon Bridges this Sunday night. I'm very excited about that. He's playing Ramshead Live. I'm very excited about that. I nearly bought uh, Guns N' Roses tickets for Sunday night, forgetting that Leon Bridges was at Ramshead Live. I would have felt like such a silly goose in that situation. All right, uh, Tubular also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technologically advanced connectivity, or 
sporty performance, and aggressive styling. We've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Thanks today to um, Bruce Feldman. Thanks, Dave Hudsell. Thanks also to Kevin Van Valkenburg and to Aditi Kinkabwala. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the Archives. tab at glennclarkradio.com. Adam Archuleta. Yeah, he's on the call for uh, Ravens-Lions for CBS tomorrow. He's going to join us. Drew Forrester. And, okay. Stop Do we have to? Clarence and Fires. Do we have to? I mean, no, uh, you can tell me if we don't want to. Uh, and you'll hear some of the uh, Tyus Bowser show uh, tomorrow morning as well. And, of course, what you should really do is be there tonight at Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold for the Tyus Bowser show. Special guest Anthony Levine Sr. brought to you by PressBox, Grade 8's memorabilia, Express Exterior Design, 7 o'clock tonight at Mother's Peninsula Grill in Arnold. We'll see you for the Tyus Bowser show. Find out more, pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. Thanks, everybody at uh, Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including CCBC, Glory Days Grill, Window Nation, Royal Farms, Chesapeake Employers Insurance, ExxonMobil, KNS Automotive, the Maryland Lottery, C3 American Exteriors. Don't let the insurance industry get one over on you. Call C3, get roof and siding repairs, just the cost of your home insurance deductible, 410-401-9797 or c3america.com for your free analysis. Great Eights Memorabilia, Sports and Social MD, the Baltimore Ravens, Maryland Department of Transportation, Maryland Five Star, Underdog Fantasy Football, your local Toyota dealer, and buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Kyle Ottenheimer, Sad Lonely Man. Follow him on Twitter at Ottenheimer. Follow us at Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Tuesday evening. Go birds, but not really. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.